Welcome back. How you doing, Parth? Doing well, doing well. I just every doing time we well. do that clap, like I just I hit the mic instead of hitting like the desk. Is that better? It's or so much do easier. Do I don't even have to hit it. I just tap it. It's it just you goes. just tap it. <laughs> That's a good idea. I don't know why I'm clapping my hands together. They actually hurt. <laughs> All right, so here we got another episode, Odyssey Report. I guess it's good to be kind of chill. Um, yeah, we don't do. A, as much research for the report as we do for the academy (laughs) yeah that's true so i guess these are kind of just uh casual conversations for us too i don't know about uh the audience but they can listen in if they want yep and yeah what kind of person would listen to our podcast to be honest that's interesting i think someone who is around our age and typically just likes to listen to converse conversations about two people thinking things through you know uh, because sure. i think there are a lot of people who you know they fear getting too deep into conversation with anybody about what they feel what's really going on in their in their lives because they have to put up this social front right and so this is sort yeah. of i guess you know it, i don't think there's a lot of people having conversations that actually cut the bullshit out and get to the root of a lot of these things that people are going through or talk about. And that's why you get forums online where people are talking about it, you know, but in person, I think very few people actually engage in this type of conversation. It's very rare. I mean, the, the whole idea behind social media is to really paint your perfect self. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, in respect to Instagram, respect to Snapchat, it's never really being genuine. And I think everybody really, uh, recognizes that yeah so i mean in respect to my own experience i've never had as many deep conversations with another person other than you Mm. just genuine casual conversations that are real yeah it's i think what's very difficult for people to have these types of conversations is because one they don't have that uh individual that they can talk to that they feel okay with Mm. two they're very very uh What's the word I'm looking for? They feel awkward. They're very hesitant right. about just talking about personal stuff. Because, you know, if you just meet somebody or if you've known someone for like a month um, and you unload all of this uh, like emotional stuff and these topics and the, what, what happened to you, all these, all these personal uh, hardships, it may drive the other person away. And I think most people are afraid of that rejection. You know what I mean? Right, right. You know, so I think there's really key saying here and actually jason capital taught me this disclosure Uh is disarming meaning a lot of people are have a tough time opening up and just being honest with people that they randomly talk to and some people you know when they receive they're on the receiving end of someone who is disclosing something about themselves that's making themselves more vulnerable it's they don't know how to take that and so i think it, it it's like a it's sort of like a but it works on both ends. You see what I'm saying? When one person is disclosing something about themselves, maybe it's something personal, maybe it's something vulnerable, um, it automatically creates a bond that most people don't have. And I think that's something that a lot of people lack nowadays. Again, part of it is maybe social media, you know, the whole facade that you have to put on, the mask. Um, but this is what the trait of a genuine person is, an authentic person is, is that they're able to be vulnerable and they're able to cut the bullshit and just talk about you know something that's real, something that people are afraid to talk about in public or out loud. Um, 
yeah i, I forgot what the point i was going to make was but being vulnerable yeah yeah disclosure okay. is disarming right that's how he yeah. he always talks about how the most magnetic trait for a person to have is being authentic is authenticity and right uh the way you can do this one way is to um when you're just having a random conversation with someone disclose something about yourself talk about something that most people will not admit about themselves right uh be yeah. just get a little bit vulnerable and then don't go too much because you have to also look for the feedback right like some people just don't know how to receive that some people are like like look bro i didn't ask you know for your personal <laughs> for your personal life here or something like that but <laughs> it's a too much yeah yeah so you know there's a little dance that happens it's like you 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 know it's like a give and take you become a little vulnerable you get something back and then you go back and forth well yeah i think most people have this um messed up idea nowadays in terms of relationships because there's hardly any uh genuine friendships or real friendships i would say right it's a lot of uh it's really a lot of tension in respect to a lot of relationships because you have all these social circles you have all the social media amplifying that type of tension and within the social circle so it's very hard to be um genuine yeah with people that you know and I think what's really keeping people back is just, uh, you know, that fear of rejection, like I was saying. Um, yeah. They don't want to be, uh, they want they don't want to feel disarmed right off the bat. Yes. Um, so it's kind of like in a relationship, you kind of ease into it. Like you maybe go on one, two, three dates and you get to know each other and then maybe something happens. Uh, in fact, I don't know what the dating dynamic is now, to be honest. Uh, I haven't done it in a long time. And I know you were very involved in social dynamics and being social, going to parties and figuring out game and how to right. communicate effectively. Yeah. So you're much more experienced at that than I am. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, I mean, in, in every social setting, whether it be trying to find a boyfriend or a girlfriend or trying to find a just a, a friend to talk to. Yeah. It's difficult nowadays oh, yeah. oh, for yeah. a lot of people our age. Yeah, yeah. It is. Um, was it difficult? Sorry. Um, was it difficult for us to like get along? I don't. I don't think remember. so. Yeah, I don't think so at all. <laughs> I mean, for, it's been such a long time. Oh yeah, it's been a long time. But I don't. I don't think so. Yeah. I remember. I mean, I remember talking to you at uh, the club that we were involved in, Honors Ambassadors, and I just remember go. I just remember talking. That's it. Like I don't remember. I remember actually. You know what? One thing that I disclosed about myself at the time was something right. I, was going I just through. remembered. Yeah, yeah, the, the high school drama yes. that you were going to with the girl and the prom, and how like she was going with another guy, and you felt like really used. Yes, um, back in the beta days. Yeah, <laughs> you op- <laughs> Back in the dark days. Yeah, uh, you you opened up to me. Yes. at that time. Yeah, and I think you chose to do it. Hmm. Um, and I don't think we knew each other that well. Like we took a class together and. We were like classmates, so we were like acquaintances. Yeah. But yeah. a question for you: What made you want to uh, disarm yourself, essentially, or or to feel the need to open up? Yeah. Uh, two two things I'd say probably. Um, one, I just I felt comfortable with you. It, just the the presence that I think you brought was. I think you were listening. You weren't like I could feel that you weren't really judging, which right. I usually tend to close off a little bit. I try not to close off too much, but I close off a, a, just a smidge when someone is automatically 
um, coming from a place of judgment, right? So again, Jason, going back to Jason Capital, man, this guy, he there's a, <laughs> again there's a there's a saying he has: trade judgment for curiosity. Meaning, whenever you go into a social interaction, whenever you're go, talking to people, go in with this sort of assumption of curiosity. Don't judge the person for what they're saying, but um, be curious about it. Like, I wonder why. I wonder why that person is saying this, or I wonder um, what's going through their head, or what really that feels like. Is this applicable to my life? You know, like that sort of thing. Um, yeah. So that's one thing, right? Uh, so you were very open with that. I don't think you were judging at all, which is a lot. Which is kind of what allowed me to say those things. Um, secondly, is just um, at that time I was transitioning to a lot of this stuff i had just been exposed to again jason capital's works right so like i had been exposed to all this stuff and i was practicing like just get putting myself out there and being social and and just talking to people um and i just i kind of naturally just did it i think i never knew about the whole saying of like disclosures disarming until like last year but uh back in those days it was just like these people are for the most part friendly uh friendly enough and I just I would just talk and say whatever was on my mind without too much filter. Um, now, obviously, there's certain filters, you know, things that I'm not gonna say that like would offend the other person like crazy or anything or anything. But genuine, like generally speaking, I'm going to tell them the truth or I'm gonna tell them what I feel or what I'm going through or whatever. And then yeah. because you know what it is here, I'll tell you this: when okay. when someone says like they they you see someone that you've known for a while, right? Let's say. Sure. They're like, hey, how are you? The typical response is good, good, and you, you know? Yeah. And I That's know. A, a very human thing to do, a very it, civil thing to do, yeah. It's so ingrained in you. It's so natural, right? And even I do it still Such to a this day. Norm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, even when you ask me, I'm sure I did it today, right now, during this interaction at the beginning, you probably asked me, yeah. how, how, right? How are you doing? Fine. And I was yeah. like, good, good, right? <laughs> like, that's just a typical thing. Um, I don't always <laughs> like to say good, good. Normally, I'm like, okay, that's the typical response anyone can give. Why don't I try something else? Like, okay, I'm feeling a little bit uh, okay, uh, euphoric yeah. right now. I'm feeling a little bit happy. You're going to ask, like, really? Why? Because you get the other person curious, and then it just the, the conversation just flows naturally. Just right? flows from there, yeah. Yeah. That's what really helps, to be honest. Like, I'll talk to some guys and some girls on campus every now and then. And I'm like, oh, how's it going? How are classes? They're like, oh, they're okay. Yeah. Um, I'm like, really? I mean, are they? They get into you, and then they just go off on a on a rant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just that initial con- like that initial uh, connection of like, okay, I'm open to talking about whatever you want, and it's up to you. Um, my response to that initial uh, greeting, to be honest, like, how are you? Like, I'm doing fine. I always say, not bad. I never say right. I'm fine or I'm good. I'm always like, oh, not bad. Right, right. Or um, something different. Something different, yeah. Yeah. No, it's good. Uh, That's good. Yeah. I mean, it, it's so, it's such a habit for people to do that. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I'm doing fine. I'm doing okay. Okay. I think that indicates we're not going to talk about anything else deep. <laughs> yeah. Not anything else. It's just we're going to talk like we're coworkers or we're acquaintances and just talk about what we have in common and that's it <laughs> yeah yeah which is terrible i think because when you can create a genuine very terrible uh you know um i guess bond between two people it's like 
I think human interaction, social interaction is very is a very human thing and it's very necessary to have like a healthy lifestyle. You need social interactions with like at least a few close friends, you know. Um, yeah. You need to like talk, you know, which I don't think a lot of people do nowadays as much as they used to maybe because of technology and, you know, people are buried in like Netflix or like something else. Um, Social media, things like that. Yeah, They exactly. think that's the alternative to um, having a close relationship, I believe. Yes, so yes. They, they scale it, right? So they scale it on the amount of follows they have, the amount of likes they have, the amount of attention they get on social media. Right. That's what's right. of value in respect to a social relationship to them. Yes, yeah. That's what I think. Just yeah. a theory. 100%. Um, no, I agree. Yeah, it's... Every now and then, it's it's hard to get people to open up. Every now and uh, when I meet people here and there, uh, sometimes they're just not in the mood. Sometimes they just don't want to uh, take that extra step to like get to know each other better. Right. Um, but every time with me, I've noticed most of the time, actually not every time, mm. I'm able to have that conversation with another person, mm. and you know it feels good. It feels great. Yeah. Um. I may be an antisocial guy, yeah, and I know I'm off social media and I'm off the grid, and I'm not really that extroverted compared to you, right? But I'm on a complete loner, <laughs> I'm right? On a complete right, right. like outcast, yeah. Because um, there are times where I'm like, okay, I'm, I feel lonely, yeah. There are those times, and everyone has those times. Oh yeah, because it's it's a human thing to have some kind of social relationship with a, with another individual i would argue even that people who seem very social at times but they're very fake like as in they're all on all up on social media only i would argue that some of those people probably feel even lonelier because they don't have an actual like real connection with a lot of people you know around them maybe they have a terrible relationship with family friends and whatever but on social media they seem like they're having the time of their life but it's not as deep. It's not as genuine. Okay, I'll tell you one thing. I was yeah. actually, and I'm not going to get too deep into this because we just talked about this before about how we don't want to disclose too much. <laughs> like, there's one thing Go that I it. don't want to disclose about, but I was talking to my ex girlfriend, and um, she actually told me that she thoroughly enjoys. She she was she had a disclosing moment herself at at a certain point. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. because we just randomly started talking about like capitalism and socialism and like, I don't know how this conversation topic came up, but it's just what, it's what kind of what happens when you have a free flowing conversation, you know? And she was saying like, I really enjoy our conversations. And I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, this is insane because it seems like when, when someone says something like that and it's, and I could tell it was very genuine, you know, it was like coming from a place of like, Wow. I like keep going like I feel like she she was telling me like a lot of the things that I was telling her she felt like she was being educated on a lot of things that you know normally people you know don't know so she's like I really enjoy what you're talking about just keep talking you know um and I was like wow that's that's something different I'm assuming you don't have a lot of friends or or people in your life that are like that you know um I think having like the key to free-flowing conversation just comes down to you have to not really care about what people are going to think of you, you know, when you when you say it. And you also have to have some sort of social cue, obviously, like understand like 
how like subcommunications, you know, the way you talk, how fluent you are in your speaking ability, those sort of things matter also. But uh, deep, deep down, a deeper reason is that people just need to um, not be afraid of judgment. That's literally what it is. You know, it's like the mask that you wear for society. Society doesn't expect you to be perfect. You know, you shouldn't be perfect. Um, in fact, if you appear too perfect, you are violating a law of power. <laughs> but, <Violating. laughs> yeah. but generally speaking, like society shouldn't expect you to, and it doesn't expect you to be perfect. That's why people need to talk and have these conversations. Very important stuff, but healthy, I think. It is healthy. I think it is. Um, you know, this is I, this cliche of oh, no one's perfect, mm. and it, it is true. Yeah, but most people who, um. What was I going to say? They're not perfect. Uh, people tend to hide it often, right? So that imperfection. Yeah. And I think the people who are really good at hiding that are uh, the people we're talking about who are really social on, on, on social media, right? So all the Instagram models, all the uh, you know famous people on Snapchat. Right. I think those kind of people are experts mm. at hiding um a lot of suffering that they're going through, a lot of drama that they're going through, and a lot of pain that they're going through. Right. So social media has given them a uh, ventilation system mm. to use, essentially. Mm-hmm. So it provides them with that uh, validation, you know, right. instant validation and constant validation, and it provides them the happiness, virtual happiness, yeah. uh, which we know won't last long. But, you know, it, it works for some people. Yeah, and I think it works for a lot of young girls. To be honest, um, a lot of them are on social media. I'm talking girls that are like 14, 15. Maybe they first get a phone. Uh, the first thing they do is get on social media. That's the thing to do. Uh, you get right. into the social group. Um, you become as active as possible. Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook. Yeah. Um, you share what music you listen to. You share your, um, you know, your vacation pictures. Uh, what you do in your spare time, how you're such a cool person. Um, yeah. It becomes a real game. Yeah. So what was I going to say with this? Uh, they don't tend to express a lot of their genuine suffering and their genuine pain. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's They're very afraid unattractive. To, I think. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah, it's very exactly. unattractive. You know, and I think that's so incorrect. You know, people say that it's like, it's so they think that it's so unattractive but i would say that it's the opposite in fact it's so it's so different you know when you can open up i think in fact people are dying to have conversations like that i know i'll tell you this from my social encounters um in parties and things like that the second i meet someone i start to disclose things you know if they ask me hey man like what's your name how are you what do you do um and i have i have, like okay i'll give you an example last the, when i went to santa barbara i met this dude who was like he was like 35 years old, okay? And he 35. was uh, doing this like dentistry program, like dentist, he was uh, gonna be a dentist and everything. Um, so normally he would, people would say like, oh, you're gonna become a dentist, cool. Like they wouldn't really say too much in, about it too in depth. Um, I started talking about like my uh, experience at the dentist and how I recently went and got my, uh, actually I had inflamed gums and that's why like every time I would brush my teeth, uh, my teeth would start to bleed. My gums would bleed a little bit, you know. You told me about that, yeah. Yeah, and so I went to the dentist, and uh, I had uh, my uh, gums, rem- the inflamed part of my gums, removed with like a laser. 
And I would tell him this. I'm like, have you done that before? Have you performed that sort of thing on, on a person? Because I remember at one point, <laughs> the doctor, the dentist was like, you know, kind of using the laser and whatever. He gave me a mirror, by the way. He gave me a mirror to look at my teeth while he was doing it. And it was kind of scary because he was like taking off all the skin, right? And it was bleeding like crazy. And at one point, my, my skin started to smoke. Like there was smoke coming out of my mouth. And okay. I got a little, I was like, okay, okay, whoa, buddy, you buddy, that hold on. That that is, you know what you're doing? <laughs> yeah, seriously. I'm like, do you really know what you're doing here? I don't want to like have my mouth catch on fire. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, it's always a battle going through that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. So, so back in Santa Barbara, I started talking to this guy about it and he started, he pulled up his phone and started showing me like pictures of like tea, uh, teeth that he's removed and I don't know. It just we got into this whole conversation about it. Um, I forgot the main point. What I was of what I was going to say, but um, asking questions, um, commentary, commenting right. on what they're saying, going deeper. You know, I think that part of the reason people stop themselves from that is because they think, oh, this person doesn't want to talk to me. Oh, this person, you know, why would they be interested in what I have to say? I'm probably going to get shut down or something like that. You know, I think that's that's um, where a problem is because from what I've experienced every time I go out and I talk to someone like this, they're super happy to do it. They're like really into the conversation and I'm like, wow, <laughs> this is great. So I think that's a, that's a key, uh, key thing, you know, in, in socializing. I think that's the mentality at parties, isn't it? Um, oh, yeah. I don't go to a lot of parties, but I could theorize that there's that genuine desire to have some type of uh, interaction like, relationship yeah or, or yeah some some kind of uh like uh what's the word for it deep conversation in general yeah yeah so they're looking for something greater in respect to human interaction when when it comes to a party right they either want to have fun with another person or they want to get to know someone a little better uh they they, they probably want to um get intimate with another person that they that they know uh right. or that they're going to meet so yeah. I think most people in college, uh, they think that is the main event to do that uh, or to, to get that kind of social connection. I think that's not always the best way to go about it. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. I think most freshmen are into that mentality where, you know, you go to parties, you, you have fun, um, you have a few drinks, get to be... Uh, a little loose for once in your life, right? Uh, you're independent. You're on your own. You're meeting new people. Uh, you don't know anybody, so there's a lot of uh, discovery to be to be explored. Yeah, you know what I think it is. A lot of it when you yeah. go to parties, I think the interactions that people have, they're so. How do I explain it? They're like uh, they're desperate. I mean, I don't want to say they're desperate. Um, I think okay. How do I? Uh, I'm trying to like think of uh, about exactly what it is, like the root of it. Um. Okay, yeah. So you know what happens is when you go to parties and things like that, people typically have conversations that are just surface level, and it's like okay, if I go, I'm just gonna go party. I'm gonna go yay 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 yay. You know, drink 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 whatever. Blah 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 blah. Bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. And that's, I think, not a good party. You can have fun 
doing that stuff. You can have energy coming in from that stuff. You can have positivity coming in from all the energy that's you know around you. But again, this is this is where this is what I typically do at parties. It's like go to the corner, or not go to the corner, obviously, but like take to someone <laughs> to the corner and just talk to them. Sit down, have a conversation, see how their life is actually going. Just one person. Sometimes I don't even focus on the rest. It's like one, two, three, maybe even four people. There are certain times when you can go out and you can yell and scream and party and whatever. But um, save that for, I guess, uh, when you're either super drunk or when, um, you know, you just feel like it. But for the most part, I think the parties, my favorite thing to do at parties is just to talk and have a conversation. That's many people don't do that yeah is that safe to say I, think. I, I would say so yeah yeah why do people attend parties most of the time alcohol alcohol that's one. it's a little um, bit fun some people just stand girls. there in the corner yeah girls yeah that's also another thing like the more girls the better um i remember a, a friend of mine telling me and you know this friend too the one thing that makes a party a party is two things the alcohol and the girls oh yeah um oh yeah and that makes sense. That's one thing, yeah. Honestly, it does. So, yeah, I think it's a, it's a different dynamic altogether, to be honest. And it can be so di- it can be so different in each case. Yeah. Uh, it could be a different kind of party. Like it can be a social gathering in respect to a club. Uh, it can be a uh, like a frat party, which get kind of crazy. Uh, Dude, it could see, be a little get together. This is why I don't like going to clubs in particular because. Their music is yeah. so loud, and it's like you can't talk to anybody. You know, you're just there dancing, and I don't know. It's just, I mean, it's fun every now and then, but it's like, come on, man. I'd rather just sit down and have a conversation. Like, let's talk. Fuck, man. <laughs> is that too much to ask for? Have you for? been to clubs? Oh, Have yeah. Been to a lot of clubs? Oh, yeah. yeah. Not a lot, but I've been, you know, some uh, some Enough. close friends of mine, like Nick um, and us, we, we like to go to clubs and... I guess just, you know, um, party, hit on girls, like that sort of thing. I mean, it, the hit on girls part is more him than me. But, I mean, we just go in there, and I hate it, to be honest. I'm like, I don't even feel like I'm having that much fun, to be honest, in a club setting where the music is too loud. A bar is different, I think, because, again, like, you can well, talk you're to people. because sitting down, right? Yeah, yeah you can sit down, people. you can talk to people. Um, if you're really trying to hit on girls, I think it's way better that you actually have a conversation instead of, you know, just bullshitting, I guess, and dancing. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't think the idea at clubs is to actually talk. <laughs> yeah, exactly, which I don't like. Hence the music. <laughs> yeah. I've never been to a, really a, to a club. Uh, yeah, that does make sense, to be honest. Mm. And it's funny because we can't really think how a girl thinks in respect to what, why they attend a party or why they go to a club or what they're really trying to do when they go to a party. Mm. Uh, I think a part of it is they want the attention, right? That's the main thing. I would say so, yeah. A huge so they portion want some of kind it of attention. That. A huge portion of it, yeah. So they want some kind of attention in respect to going out, uh, dressing well, or, or, or dressing to oppress. And yeah, yeah. With that attention comes the validation and the value. Oh, yeah. So that really it it really um it motivates them right to feel good about themselves and to and to feel better about life in general um 
you know, you're mm. forgetting about the stresses in life and the and the pain. So you you go out and feel somewhat of value. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's the idea there. Yeah, uh, I, I would say with the girl, it's like uh, social value for sure goes up when you're able to socialize very well. You're outgoing. You know, um, what's it called? Uh, what else? So there's that, and then there's the idea of um mm. hitting on guys right uh certain girls will go out to um get the attentions of a guy or who knows it could even be to make another guy jealous or it could be you know just because just to support another friend of theirs that's a girl who wants to hit on a guy or whatever or it could just be to have fun i guess but you know i feel like usually there is some sort of agenda uh because I mean, I mean, they can have fun, right? Like that's that's one thing for sure. But I think a, a huge reason is um, attention. Yeah, and I think, I think the he, biggest part of it. Yeah. Is, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, the big, go for the it, biggest go part for of it is the mystery, in respect to what gets them so excited. It's like anything can happen. Yeah. Kind of like a girls' night. Um, yeah. It's like okay, we don't know what's gonna happen, but that's the best part. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so kind of walking that that uh, tightrope in respect mm-hmm. to you know unsafety and danger. And, uh, you know, a lot of teenage girls do that. Like they, they get out of the house, they, they get home kind of late. Um, they were out like partying or without hanging out with friends. Uh, it's a level of independence that they feel. I think that's really important. Right. But it could be a number of things to be honest. Yeah. 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 So I would say that, uh, you know, part of it is. Oh crap! I forgot what I was gonna say. My train of thought got lost. <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah, go for it. No worries. Yeah. So, yeah. it's it's tough to think about because I don't really have much experience in that social setting. Like, uh, I don't really have like a a social group of friends to go out and like party every weekend or go to like some place and hang out every weekend. Right. Uh, I don't know. To be honest, maybe it's just on my part. I don't put in the effort as much as I should. Mm. Uh, do you want to put I in definitely... more effort, or do you want to have more of that, like more of like a, I guess that type of setting? Well, it depends, to be honest, mm. because in respect to myself, I don't have much of a uh, internal need mm. to be that social. You know what I mean? As in, yeah. other people have that need, right? Uh, right. So, if some people need that kind of social uh, interaction and that getaway for the weekend or something like that, uh, for me. I think I had the discipline to uh, not need that. You know what I mean? Because mm. throughout life, throughout my uh, history, I guess, of my 22 years of age, <laughs> uh, I really haven't felt the need to uh, feel that social connection, like of going out and just like letting loose. Uh, if I feel tense, if I feel stressed out, if I feel lonely, I usually you know, muscle through it through Mm. my discipline and just get through it. Um, In my regards, I think that's what keeps me focused on my particular discipline of my studies going through college. Yeah. Uh, So I have that going for me Um, because I'm not a very emotional guy every now and then, as Mm. you can tell. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I don't tend to vent a lot. I don't tend to, uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, Express your emotions. Kind of like that, yeah. yeah. Very stoic. 
like you've described myself oh um, yeah yeah i think throughout the years i've 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 really tried to develop that kind of stoic attitude that stoic uh personality yeah because i know as i go through life things are going to get harder things are going to get tougher mm. and i'm going to need that discipline to keep me in check to keep me focused and to keep me from becoming self-destructive you know what i mean um right so if things get really hard um if there are lots of impulses and pleasures that can really take me on like you know maybe develop an addiction in respect to alcohol or drugs yeah. or or maybe take a, a wrong path or maybe get into like an abusive relationship um, yeah i'll have the discipline to fight all of those off and to stay focused um which means i'll have to sacrifice a lot now to be honest um Right. So I'm sacrificing a lot now in respect to, you know, I'm not going out and having fun. I'm not going out and having like a social group, getting to know people a lot better than I should. I'm not putting in a lot of effort into, uh, you know, getting a lot of attention in respect to the social dynamic. Um, yeah. And I'm not saying like I'm a complete, uh, what's the word looking for? Robot. Not a robot. Uh, like a superior guy. I'm not trying to say that. Oh, oh, I um, see, I see, yeah. Yeah. It's just, you know, developing is, is a is a crucial thing right now. And I think oh, yeah. everybody's doing that in respect to their own agenda. Right. Um, so college students are developing now in respect to, you know, I need to have social connections, so I'm going to go out and, and go with this group of guys or group of girls and hang out and go to their parties and, and feel connection and, and be in that part of that social group um, because this will help me develop uh, throughout college I think they believe that and there's something wrong with that you could uh, meet very good people mm. but everyone has their own agenda for development through college and through their young years I believe definitely uh, I think that so I talked about myself and I forget what I was talking about before <laughs> <laughs> I, I forget too but yeah I mean we could talk about dating for a little bit. Um, we sure. were talking about before how you were attracted to a certain specific uh, ethnicity in respect to uh, girls. And yeah. I was talking about how I noticed a lot of uh, Hispanics around where I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. That's it. Not a bad thing. It's just we were talking about that. Um, yeah, so you, you found a post online that was, like, descriptive. <laughs> oh, okay. I wasn't talking about that, but we can get into that. <laughs> oh, I mean, I guess I, I think that's interesting to talk about, yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of shit talk on the internet and, yeah. um, just FYI, um, word of advice, don't visit 4chan or, or the dark ends of Reddit or, <laughs> um, any other forums. Like there's a forum called incels.co. Never visit that folks. Oh damn. Um, yeah. Is it, is it like just a bunch of guys like shit talking or what? Like. That's pretty much what it is. It's a bunch of guys, and I'm pretty sure they're all guys. Um, Just shit-talking on the world and making a problem out of everything. Mm. And it's just... It's very toxic, and you really shouldn't, you know, uh, familiarize yourself with those kind of people. Um, Yeah. So... Let's see here. Uh, the post online was just shit, t- shit talking on a lot of uh, Mexicans in America. Uh, they were saying things like, um, you know, you know, Mexican girls they have the worst genetics. Um, they're short. 
there's just very generalized ideas and it's very unfair what they were saying but it was just a bunch of negative comments about specifically hispanic females Mm. um and my opinion on it was it was very harsh and very unnecessary but everyone has their own uh prejudice and their own um ideas about each race because everyone has their own experience right so i can talk about mine uh my experience with a lot of hispanic girls in general who are around my age who are young um and just females in general uh they're very family oriented Mm. through my experience through my experience alone uh so don't don't call me out on anything like oh you're wrong or something (laughs) yeah Um, that's fine so one very family oriented uh they have uh deep connections to you know their internal family and their external family uh every hispanic girl i've met has a um has a tío, an uncle who like works in uh construction or who has an alcohol <laughs> problem or maybe the uncle is um you know back in mexico is trying to get back or maybe he got deported uh yeah so there's that kind of stereotype that i've left built in my mind um some other things with respect to Hispanic girls that I have experienced that are, um, what else? They're very, they're not very social. Mm-hmm. Um, they're definitely, they can be fun in respect to like having a conversation with them, going out with them, hanging out. Um, but most of the time they're kind of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Introverted, uh, let's see, hesitant, um, they're kind of uh they're kind of shy mm. you know what i mean um uh, so they don't really like they don't like to have deep conversations like we're having most of the time uh what else um i've met a lot of pretty hispanics i've met a lot of uh so-so hispanics <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i don't mean to shit talk on that but it's just what i've seen throughout the the time right um a lot of hispanics i've met have boyfriends yeah. Uh, a lot of them are in relationships or they're in the relationship game. Right. So either they're, they're trying to catfish a, a guy or they're trying to, um, or they're playing some kind of dating game with a guy or, um, they're very involved, um, socially in respect to that. Yeah. Uh, but overall, um, I would say most of the time they're shy. Most of the time they're, uh, not very extroverted. Most of the time, they're very family-oriented. Right. Uh, most of the time, they are with a boyfriend or in a relationship. Uh, let's switch to that dynamic. So, hmm. going to Asian girls, um, my experience with them are usually very smart, smarter mm-hmm. than me. Most of them are. Um, they're very... Uh, I can say they're genuine at times. I've had a lot of genuine conversations with Asian girls. Hmm. Um, and Asian girls, I mean, uh, you know, Chinese, Japanese, Korean, Vietnamese, Filipino, right. uh, Taiwanese. So those kind of Asians. Um, I'm excluding Indians. Uh, they're a different. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> different type of Asian. Realm, <laughs> different different type overall. I'll get to them. Yeah. Uh, but for the Asian girls, uh, mostly a lot of them like white guys. Yeah, oh, 100%. Uh, I agree with that. Yeah, I've, I've noticed that. that it's like, yeah, w- like all these Asian girls getting with white guys. Like, why don't they like, you know, why don't they like? Uh, I thought about this. I was like, why don't they like, um, 
like uh, Indians, Hispanics, e- uh, black. Yeah, or like even Asians, <laughs> right? Even uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I know a lot of them do. Like, uh, don't get me wrong. The vast majority of Asian women probably end up in the world with Asian men, right? Given that there's such a huge population in Asia. But point is that you see that they a lot of them strive to go go for white guys and I, um, yeah it's interesting I think that is because um, most of the time the white guys in their eyes um, and I'm just generalizing here don't take me on my word sure yeah. they they view uh, the white guy as as an attractive mysterious type of taboo figure. So, yeah, I would say so. Go, go on, go on. Very, they're very uh, unorthodox in respect of their own culture because I think most Asian women, when they're, um, when they develop through their younger years, they're not really pushed toward uh, getting a white guy as a boyfriend or as a long-term relationship uh, individual. Mm. So th- there's that kind of uh, um dynamic to it where it's like oh you can't have this kind of person well that makes them want to want them more Mm. Uh, so there's that uh maybe wealth maybe that plays a part as well um yeah usually a lot of white guys are are very successful in terms of finance um or maybe they're they're very uh what's what's the word i'm looking for they're very emotionally uh That's what I'm uh, very emotionally uh, providing, I guess. Like they give them a lot of uh, emotional feeling that other guys don't in respect mm. to uh, other types of guys. Um, so you can have white guys who are very talented right. in respect to maybe they're very physical or, you know, maybe athletic. Uh, maybe they're good at uh, music. Um, some kind of talent that really attracts this kind of uh, girl. Yeah. Uh, what else? Why do you think that is? To be honest, why why is it that Asian girls? Yeah, like, Asian girls. Yeah, with that um, kind of. Com- I have a complicated answer to this one. So, um, one I actually uh, read a little bit about this somewhere, uh, not too long ago actually, probably a couple months ago, maybe like four months ago, maybe. Anyways, point being was that uh, one of the examples that I found was that um, Filipinos, okay, when the Spaniards came to the Philippines, the average height of the Filipino man was 5'4", and the average height of the Spaniard man was around 5'6 to 5'7", right? They were taller, generally speaking. Um for whatever various reasons, like environmental reasons, evolutionary reasons, they just evolved differently, right? Based on their environment. Um, what happened was Filipino women, all they had known was the Filipino man up until that point. What happened was a lot of them actually found these Spaniard men attractive and they started to breed with them. They started mating with them. Um, and for it, it, you can, I guess, boil it down to... Um, evolutionary like you know they they found that that was more like genetically um, I guess desirable desirable yeah more attractive Um, and they came in by the way conquering 
So, I mean, whose side do you want to be on? The, the people who are being conquered or the conquerors? So for your own safety and your own um, sort of, uh, um, how do I put this? Your own safety and your own sort of, your own survival, your yeah, own uh, yes, status yes. That's goes the, up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I was looking for, survival. I, I don't know why I blinked on that. But your own survival, you're going to probably end up, as a woman then, you're going to probably end up wanting to side with the conquerors, right? Or And you find some way to survive and have offspring that are genetically viable and whatever, right? So status, I guess, was higher for the Spaniards, maybe. Um, it just survival ability maybe was higher because they were the ones conquering, right? And for whatever reasons, right, That those sort of things. I think Asian women also sort of, to a degree, apply that to white people. White Being white is sort of the beauty standard, right, in certain countries, especially Asian countries, you'll see. Um, Asian women, they just generally speaking like white guys. Uh, it's the beauty standard sort of a thing, you know? Um, guys, I guess like Brad Pitt or whoever else, you know, but that standard, I think it's, I don't necessarily think it's only a white thing. I think maybe Asian girls typically like white guys more, but I also think that Asian girls like, don't like Asian men as much because I've also seen Asian girls go for, uh, non-white people and non-Asian people as well. I've seen them go for, in fact, one of my friends has a thing with Asian girls, right? Even... So my friend Nick, um, even I've had a couple things with Asian girls where like, I don't know why, but typically it's, if I had to boil it down, subtract all the Indian girls, the second most number of girls that would be, have been attracted to me in my past, in my own history would have been Asians. Um, I can literally point examples upon examples to you and I don't know why, but I think it's like every time and they have lots of options with asian men by the way keep that in mind i'm talking like chinese to chinese korean to korean okay you know yeah and you could even see this in japan right japan the the people are just having generally speaking less sex from what i've heard uh men just have lost a lot of their maybe masculinity maybe that's what it is Um, i think we've talked about that on the podcast yeah yeah probably and uh so i don't know what it exactly is but i think that might have something to do with it. The whole genetics thing, the status thing, uh, maybe ability for survival, uh, just beauty standards. Who knows? You know, it could be a combination of all those things. Okay, um, that makes sense. To be honest, yeah, I think it's very complicated because it depends on their upbringing and their development throughout their young years. Yeah. Uh, but most Asian women I've met are really into white guys. They have like a white fetish. Um, oh yeah yeah and i'm not too sure to be honest i think they see them as potential mates because uh they want to have that high status male when they hit their 30s or when they get older Um, yeah probably so they, they want that financial status they want that social status and i think in today's society um they can get that kind of higher status generally um, if they're very successful, like if they both work, if they are both, right. you know, strong, independent individuals and yeah. they're very likable, they're very social, there's a lot more opportunity there. Um, I'm not clearly stating that because she gets a white guy that there'll be higher status in society. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying that right. Um, they see white guys as a potential partner to develop with. 
Right. Um, yeah, I agree. I think they just see more financial gain. They see more uh, um, social gain in respect to their own um, skill sets and whatnot. It depends. I don't know. I'm generalizing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I don't uh, know much in respect to the dating game, so yeah, don't take my word for it, folks. <laughs> uh-huh. But I want to say, um, yeah, go on. For for Asian girls, in my in my experience, mm-hmm. uh, I want to continue on that. Most sure. are more smart, and in respect to that, that intimidates me. <laughs> oh, really? Most of the time, yeah. Um, you know, not because you know I'm a sore loser. I'm, I'm very competitive. Um, it's just when a girl's very intelligent. Uh-huh. Um, it's it makes me question, uh, you know, my own value. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, oh, this girl's like way smarter than me. Um, <laughs> so that's kind of scary. Uh, oh yeah. What else? I used to get into our, the high school I went to was hugely Asian. It was sixty five percent Asian, um, and it was super competitive. Right, so. I remember I would have arguments with these girls sometimes like, no, this is wrong. This is wrong or whatever. And we'd be arguing and they would have legitimate points. Like they would, it would be like almost like, whoa, dude, <laughs> very yeah, intelligent, very, you know, very intelligent in respect to like social dynamics and respect to academic dynamics and respect oh, yeah. to uh, all these different types of domains. And, yeah. you know, they're very hardworking um, in the very. beginning. Most of them are, uh, they have that strong background in respect to, uh, you know, being disciplined and having that uh, pressure from family, and you know, it they're very much uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They're kind of pushed. You know what I mean? Mm. They're very they're very much pushed into a lot of these uh, successful domains, right? Um, and they always push themselves often too. Definitely. Would you say that you would be interested in like being with an Asian girl long term? I've thought about that, and that's very complicated, to be honest. Right, right. <laughs> First of all, um, if I do end up getting into a long relationship with somebody, yeah. um, if that girl was Asian, um, I don't know. That makes me want to bring in my own uh experiences but then again uh, mm. it could be really different when we actually meet and we get to know each other yeah. but to answer that question right now i think it would be very complicated and very difficult right uh, not in respect to like that we won't have general general uh desire for each other but just mm. in respect to um the experiences i've had with a lot of asian girls um because I've noticed that I'm not that attractive in respect to a lot of Asian women. <laughs> mm. I'm usually okay. not that kind of uh, uh, that guy in respect to like meeting an Asian girl. Um, okay, that's just what I've noticed, and right, it's kind of right. just what it is. What it is, right? You can't ne- you can't negotiate general desire. So I I'm like, agree. all right, yeah, yeah, no problem. Um, so if it does happen, I'll let you know. Definitely, uh, but so yeah. far, nothing. <laughs> I definitely think dating an Asian girl is a different experience. Oh, yeah? How so? So I would say, one, you're right. Like, the whole intelligence thing, like, you can, I think... I think they're very selective, but go on. Sorry. Yeah. No, no. I agree. I agree. They probably are. And and I think... Probably one of the most selective girls, yeah. Yeah. Part of the reason is, right, like, if you go back to the whole concept of hypergamy, hypergamy never seeks its own level. It usually goes for something that's better than it. So 
Um, if Asian women are very intelligent for the generally generally speaking, right? They're very hardworking and whatever. They will generally speaking try to find a guy that is smarter than they are or more hardworking than they are. Um, and that is not to say that you know it's. Like, I know people will say, like, oh, well, it's okay, you know, if the woman it doesn't make as much uh, money as the man or something like that. Like, don't be egotistical and whatever. I'm, I have no problem with that. But I know for a fact that deep down, a lot of girls, they don't feel comfortable dating a guy who may not make as much money or not be as smart or not be as, you know, um, uh, yeah. whatever Some guy is. like, really dependable. Yeah. Yeah, it's very yes. unattractive. Yeah, it's super unattractive, 100%. It's not at all this masculine quality or trait, you know, either. Um, so hypergamy, again, will seek uh, some, some level above it. Now, this I think we might, have, we might have had this conversation before where the – and this is going to sound really weird, and I don't know how – but it is – I can see how it can be true. A lot of girls, the more and more they get educated, if hypergamy it really doesn't seek its own level – if hypergamy truly is like real, let's say, under that assumption, the more and more a girl gets educated, the less and less options that she has for guys. You see right. what I'm saying? Yeah, we've talked about that before. Yeah. Theory in place. And this kind of makes sense, to be honest, because when they get more and more educated and they become more and more successful, they mm-hmm. don't need a type of uh, support from a man, essentially. Yes. So, very independent women who don't need no man. But yeah. it's it's true in the sense that in respect to hypergamy, women generally want a stronger man. They generally want mm-hmm. some type of, uh, not dominating figure, but a type of assertive figure, a type of strong figure yeah. that is not only independent, but who also provides yeah. uh, a bunch of different dynamics and benefits to the girl. Right. And I agree. This, I agree. Yeah, and this makes him desirable as a husband. This makes him desirable as a um, personal partner bound down the way. Yeah. It's, this is yeah. really, I think if we dig deeper into this, so I remember reading a chapter in the Rational Mail talking about how women typically, their fantasy is actually to find a guy who has both alpha fucks and beta bucks or alpha seed and beta need together in one guy they want to find mr yeah 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 (laughs) basically they want to find mr perfect right if you think about it 50 shades of gray the guy's a billionaire the guy is apparently a mystery because he's tormented on the inside or whatever right um he's an attractive guy right he's very lean very like you know good looking guy and whatever right um also has that assertive sort of uh you know obviously sexually he's assertive you know that's like an attractive thing to women i actually talked about this with my ex too and she agrees (laughs) so uh but that's besides the point but um point being is that they want to find the same traits alpha fucks beta bucks in the same guy but nowadays what the problem is that girls have to almost separate guys into these two categories even though they don't want to um, because when you have one, you typically don't have the other completely down. Um, it's very tough to have both, right? It's, it's, it's rare in a guy. It's not impossible, but it's sort of rare, you know? 
to have that rich guy who can provide for you financially, um, who's also there emotionally, who also has good genetic potential, who you know also has you know it's like a whole list that goes on and on and on. And girls, like we talked, we talked about this before. Girls are very selective, right? Now, girls will assort themselves into their own dominance hierarchy. Um, and a lot of that is based off of social status, right? This is a huge reason why girls play the whole status game um, is they get to be more selective the higher up they are on the female dominance hierarchy. So um, as as they, you know, uh, it's like the queen, right? Like the queen is very selective. She gets to select what guy she wants to be with for the most part. Um, and so... I forget the main point of what I was going to try to say here. Oh, they want to try to find the same guy. That's why they have all these, like, fantasies, right? They have, like, Beauty and the Beast. The whole archetype behind Beauty and the Beast is you have a guy who's a mystery. He's a beast in a, in a certain sense. He's, like, very, like, um, uh, alpha, I guess. Like, he's very aggressive. He has aggressive tendencies. Maybe it's due to high levels of testosterone or whatever the case may be, Right. And the girl wants to bring him down to his knees or bring out the beta buck side of him. Now, here's the thing, right? Every girl's fantasy is not to turn a beta into an alpha. It's to turn an alpha into a beta. That's the dream and that's the fantasy, right? She has this sort of a... That's why they're attracted to the mystery, right? The mysterious alpha guy who they want to like uh, get into a relationship with, Um Obviously, that's at odds with the sexual imperative of males, which is to spread the seed. And if he really is an alpha, it's going to be tough to lock that guy down, you know. Um, anyways, I'm like literally describing the whole dating dynamics here. But I uh, forgot the main point of what I was trying to get at here. But they want to find the, these traits in one guy, you know. And they typically can't nowadays because uh, lack of more masculinity, um, you know, we can talk about all the, the effects, but... Uh, they've had to sort of decide in their minds that there is no perfect guy, that they have to separate um, guys into two categories now, uh, which is the whole alpha and beta dynamic. And so they use one guy for providership purposes, uh, emotional security, financial security, whatever the case may be, and the other for genetic potential. So, I, Most of the time, I think females are very they're, – they're experts on separating guys. So yeah. let, allow me to explain. So when they have a, a lot of guys that they talk to, just in general, like whether it's a classmate, whether whether it's an acquaintance or acquaintance, <laughs> yeah. just people they know, um, like maybe they're in the same club, maybe they're on the same team, who knows? But right. women are very selective. What they do is they divide a lot of the guys into a lot of categories. So maybe there's the okay. Definitely an alpha pile. Right. There's a beta pile. There's a maybe pile. There's a yeah. somewhat beta pile, but that's potential to be an alpha pile. There's yeah. also the somewhat alpha pile, but most likely beta pile. So, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So much divisions are, are made inside their minds in respect to social dynamics where it's almost as if each guy is treated as like an investment, right? So each guy would be like a company and they have stocks in each of these companies. And right. They just see what happens overall over time to see okay who's the most successful, right? Mm -hmm. Who becomes the most socially accepted? Who becomes the most uh, financially successful? Who becomes the most uh, alpha guy, right? And right. whichever company with the higher stock 
I think they go to uh, naturally. Mm-hmm. Kind of a uh, harsh analogy there, but I yeah, think yeah. that's the foundation of how they divide a lot of the guys, especially in college. Because uh, mm. women are, are super selective, even throughout college. Oh, yeah. Um, so that they really, uh, they calculate. They do, they do a lot of calculations um, right. in respect to who, which guy they're going to talk to, which guy they're going to potentially um, see as a uh, as a boyfriend or as a potential mate down the road. Yeah. And it's interesting to note. Um, and they do all of this naturally. They do all this uh, by second nature. And it's amazing how just how they are in the social game, in the social dynamics. Mm. Crazy to think about. Um, and I think a lot of women would argue that guys do the same thing. Do they? Do they not? I'm not sure. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, so, sorry. That last part again? Could you say that last part again? I think a lot of girls would argue that guys do the same thing in respect to that foundational analogy where they treat each girl uh, into, or they, they divide a lot of the girls into different categories. I, I agree to a certain extent on that. Um, I don't think we're as selective as girls are, but I, I for sure know. Okay, so I'll tell you this. One of the tactics— I think it's because that, of the testosterone, but go ahead. Oh, yeah, 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 100%. Like, we—testosterone, you know, increases our sex drive, and we're maybe not as selective, you know, because we just want to, like— We're we not just, smart. We'll, we'll go, yeah. like, we'll, with other girls. At least sexually we will, right? But now here's the thing. So— um, when a so even even Jason Capital talks about this in his a uh, lot of his dating you know stuff. One of the things you want to do when you're talking to a girl is subliminally imply that you have preferences amongst girls that you find attractive and don't find attractive, because what that says to a girl, what that subconsciously communicates to her, is that you have options. Right, and any man who has options and is actually selective about the girls that he chooses must, you know, be higher status than her. That's the point. And if if a girl seeks a guy who is higher status by nature of hypergamy, then one hundred percent, like that's how you create attraction. So yeah. So you want to imply like, okay, now you don't want to be so like like oh I hate girls like this, I hate girls like that, I hate girls like that, you know. But you do want to sort of imply like. You know, hey, I have preferences. I'm not just like, I'm not just this horn dog who's gonna try to like screw every single girl. You know, um, I do. So, so basically, for for what the idea behind it is, is that you just state your preferences authentically. So, if I was to go out with a girl um, and we got into talks of, like, hey, what what type of partner do you prefer? I would automatically tell her, look, I don't prefer needy partners. Like, I have a big vision for what I want to do for, for my future or whatever the case, right? I have times where I'm going to be busy, you know. I have editing stuff to do. I got podcasts to film. I got, you know, this, that, blah, 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 whatever. I have workouts to do. You cannot always bug me about my time. Like, I hate when girls do that. The second you say that, it implies, number one, it implies you have preferences for types of girls. So you have created categories in your mind between one category is with needy girls and the other one is with chill girls, you know, ones who are supportive of your mission in life, your purpose in life and whatever. Okay. Right. The second thing it implies is that um, 
you are a man of purpose and, and vision and whatever else. You know what I mean? Um, and it sounds almost kind of ridiculous. Like, you, you don't want to say it to her. You don't want to be like, you better not be that type of girl, you know, or anything like that. But you do want to sort of subliminally imply, like, I like this and I like that. Um, when you start to say things like, oh, oh it's fine, like, uh, you know, um, I love girls just the way they are, you know, like, that's such a blue pill mentality, you know. Um, you have to be, if you are really being authentic and honest with the girl, you will tell her your preferences, you know, and that is a actually better thing long term for you and her. Um, attraction goes up because you're not just like every other guy saying like, oh, I accept you the way that you are. It's okay. For me, it's like, hey, dude, I need a girl who's like somewhat physically like uh, active, you know, she's, um, she's, you know, this, she's that, whatever, you know, you state your preferences in a girl, you automatically sort of separate yourself um, like that. And I think girls do see this because, but, but here's, here's the thing where, I, here's where I would make a differentiation, right? I think the way girls think about it is twofold. They categorize guys also, um, into guys that are selective and guys that are not selective. So again, okay, going going through, uh, I went through one of Jason Capital's programs again, and he one of the key sayings he said is, "This is all you really need to know to create attraction." Okay, and okay, so here's what it is essentially: girls are screening. You know, you know what it means to like screen for a guy. Shit test. Yeah, basically shit test. Yeah, right. Oh. Like to to test the guy to screen for him to sort of uh, yeah to test, I guess. Sure. Girls are screening for guys who are screening them back. So okay, they're the screening for the screen. Yeah, okay. they're, they're screening for the guy who's screening. Why would that be? If we dissect that, right, it comes down to this. So we talked about hypergamy states. Hypergamy uh, seeks a level that's above it, a higher status guy, essentially, right? Uh, that's what they find sexually arousing. Uh, the alpha male, whatever, however you want to put it. Okay. So to imply that you are that male, you obviously must have options, right? Um, and if that's the case, you will openly state your preferences without caring what she's going to think because if she leaves you because you have those preferences and you're offending her, well, hey, I have options. It's fine. Like, hey, if you don't like my authentic self, cool. I'll go talk to another girl who will, you know? That's automatically implied. And so a girl will sort of shit test you in that sense. She'll be like, She'll try to make you jealous. She'll try to talk to other guys. She'll try to try. Uh, she'll try to, you know, throw shit your way and like sort of um, tell you you're annoying. You're, she'll tell Sorry. you all these things like I hate you and whatever. That doesn't mean she actually does. She actually yeah. is testing you to see like, hey, does this guy have options or is he just sort of settling on me, or is he just a horn dog that wants to get some, get into my pants and that's it, you know? Um, so that sort of thing and. That again, it subliminally, subliminally implies that you are higher status and you are the one in control. You are the dominant person there because you are screening her. You're the one shit testing her and making sure she's the right fit for you, which automatically creates attraction again because she wants a guy who is going to scream. That's the whole yeah, idea I, behind I, what I, she's yeah, saying. Yeah, I think I would agree to an extent because they would ultimately want a guy who can play the game, right? Who can. Yeah know what screening is or what a shit test is and how to react in a certain way. Yes. Uh, it's, uh, 
women don't like clueless men. They don't. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's very unattractive. Like yeah. he can be really hot, but if he's really clueless, like he doesn't oh, get yeah. like her jokes or he doesn't get like her shit tests, he's gonna be very unattractive. Yes. Uh, so there is that social division that they do. Yep. In respect to uh men who are screening and men who are not screening. Mm-hmm. And I think they ultimately go for the men who are screening, yes? Yeah. I would say so. Um, and not just me, but a lot of uh, dating coaches and stuff would tell you. That's why good da- like dating coaches will tell you, like, you got to make her chase you, right? Because, that again, it implies that you are an object of value. You are uh, in the dating marketplace. You have high value, and you are using scarcity against her. Um, and sh- this is exactly what she wants. Now, does it work the other way around? Not so heavily not so much it works to a certain degree but um at the end of the day if females really are the sexual selectors in a species right as science you know usually shows then at the end of the day she's the one who's going to do the choosing which is why we have all this crazy crazy um you know uh tension around rape right because if a girl can't choose the guy she's going to have kids with like it, it, it really messes with her head. It, it, it destroys the whole concept of hypergamy because she's not choosing. The guy's forcing himself onto her. You see what I'm saying? Um, and so uh, society, when it reinforces the whole, you know, that's why women have developed anti-rape uh, sort of defenses, you know. Um, they need to be selective and they need to choose the right guys, essentially. And they know that guys are more physically intimidating and they can force themselves. So they automatically sort of kind of lose that power of the physical side, uh, at least for a lot of girls. I'm not saying for every single one. but Well, yeah. Yeah. I think rape just, it means losing altogether. It's the, it's the worst possible way to lose. Yeah. Right? So you, you've lost, well, let's, let's create a hypothetical situation here um yeah let's say there's tension between a guy and a girl and you know they're open to having a an intimate relationship and they're open to having some kind of sexual relationship but things are kind of tense and the girl's not very comfortable uh but the guy becomes very forward and he ends up taking advantage of her or something like that maybe they got drunk or something or um, yeah you know maybe the guy took advantage and he you know he timed it perfectly or something like that they got alone at one time Mm. uh most women would categorize as rape. Yeah. So I think in that retrospect, she lost socially. She lost physically. Yeah. yeah. And she lost mentally. Yeah. Uh, so it's a very, you know, rape isn't just, you know, about sex. I think that's a misconception about a lot of people. Uh, right. It's about power. It's about, you know, um, becoming the dominant one, things like that. Yeah. It's an ultimate way of losing. And a lot of women uh, go through that trauma and it sticks with them throughout their entire lives. Yeah, yeah. No, definitely. I'm, I'm sure, yeah. It's like, it's... Uh, um, yeah, you're right. Like, they lose. Essentially, that's what it is, right? They lose control of the situation and it sucks, right? Like, you have zero power in that type of situation. So, um, yeah, no, that's, that's essentially what it is, I think. And, 
what else? It's very, I mean, it's a very deep yeah. topic to have. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 hundred percent. It's a very tense topic. Um, yeah, but yeah, no, girls are very selective, and they choose guys who typically are selective. That's why they ask questions like, "Oh, do you think he'll like me? Do you think he won't like me?" They're, you know, they go through all this like sexual signaling. They put on makeup and whatever, and um, if if a guy doesn't automatically like a girl or doesn't show it outright all the time. Um, he's sort of indirect about it and there's a mystery behind it that mystery sort of gets her um, really I guess uh, wrapped up in the whole situation and she likes it because it's ultimately confirming that he's not outright telling me he likes me which automatically means he could potentially not like me and if he doesn't like me then damn I must be lower on the scale than him that's why that's there's this whole sort of uh, uh, mystery that they like, but that's the thing they want to be because if they get a guy that's above them, they've satisfied hypergamy essentially. Right. So makes sense. Yeah. There's a type of hierarchy, and it's always there. You can't deny that it's not there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Crazy to think about because okay. going back to. The different races <laughs> getting right. back on point here um so i was saying that i would argue asian women are probably the most selective to be honest okay because taking a macro um perspective in respect to a lot of the girls who date and who are actively um trying to find uh, a mate or a boyfriend or something like that right most Asian women are very successful. Mm. So in respect to that, they become very selective. Right. So they're very much higher on the on the hierarchy. And at that point, they can pretty much uh, alter their preferences to the point where it becomes very difficult to find a guy. You know what I mean? Uh, right. It's funny. This, yeah, yeah, go, go, go on. Uh, just quick comment. Um my favorite YouTuber, who I base a lot of my um, editing style off of for my own private channel, his he's a white guy. He's five five, but he's a bodybuilder, right? And he shoot he he basically uh, you know has all these videos out on his channel about how about fitness and science behind the fitness, and he pulls up studies on the screen and you know references certain things, and he makes a certain point on you know various topics on bodybuilding, right? And his girlfriend is Asian. And she's actually, I think, even a little bit taller than him, like an inch taller, but um, she's Asian, and and I don't know, I just, it's just side note, yeah, she's with an able, she's with the white guy, um, so uh, that was It'll just another sense. example, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, sure, yeah, uh, nothing else to add to be honest. Uh, I was just noticing that, um, yeah. In respect to my experience, uh, I don't have a lot of experience to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Indian girls. Uh, I've talked to a few, but I've never had like a relationship with any, whether it be right. a friendship or a romantic relationship. Hmm. Uh, other girls, black girls, I've never really ha- uh, talked to a black girl. <laughs> <laughs> never? To be honest, no. They just, oh, man. Well, they're so rare. Even back uh, right. where I grew up in L- uh, where I grew up, um, near Orange County. Yeah. Uh, not very... Uh, 
not a lot of opportunity to Talk to socialize to people, with, yeah. with a lot of you know black girls yeah uh other races I'm, I'm missing out here white girls um i've talked to a few right not too many to be honest uh nothing really yeah <laughs> kind of boring what about you <laughs> <laughs> so uh well let's see um indian girls i can tell you are very complex um actually i can't say they're too complex but somewhat so in indian society we grew up with this traditional thinking and i know a vast majority of girls get this uh ingrained into them from childhood and it's that they need to get uh married to or they need to be long term with someone of their own race uh, whether it be another Indian or around that region like Pakistani. But even then, that's a little bit complicated because they even sort of say no for that. Typically, it's like within that very race, you know, um, even specifically that type of Indian sometimes. Um, sometimes they separate them into castes, you know, the caste system. Um, uh, yeah. The Yeah. The caste system. Have you heard of the caste system? I don't think so. So the caste system is in uh, is a hierarchy that Indian society has created based on I think religious groups or like family groups or something like that. So what caste you're, the the caste that you're born into depends on is what will determine how you are treated in society, which is the really shitty thing to say because you can't control it. It's literally what you're born into is who you are. And like a house. if you like oh that. yeah they have a cast at the very bottom called the untouchables these are people that are so repulsive to society that you can't touch them um and it has nothing to do with who they are or what they've done their actions their consequences of the actions it's literally who their family is who they're what family they're born into which is a really shitty thing but again uh it's like a hierarchy then we have the brahmins at the very top who are like practically like saints you know oh the brahmins um, yeah and so they've Sounds categorized very Game of Thrones, but go oh for it. yeah oh yeah they've <laughs> categorized all these people into different higher different parts of the hierarchy and they have to marry within the same caste at times uh at other times they have to um marry within the same race but anyways it's a little bit complicated but with indian girls generally speaking they have to look for an indian guy so, and we know that generally speaking that Indian people are not so attractive, at least in my opinion. Um, most I've of seen, them. Yeah. yeah, most of them. I've seen beautiful Indian girls. Like I've seen, and, and there are some really good looking Indian guys as well. Um, the ones that are very good looking are like, in my opinion, at least maybe it's just because I'm born and raised Indian and genetically I'm more compatible with them, which is why I find those girls attractive. But the ones that are very attractive are extremely attractive in my eyes. Like, I immediately want to be with them, you know, like that sort. Or I at least want to immediately go talk to them. Genetic? Uh, yeah, maybe that's what it is. I don't know. But for the most yeah. part, I don't really find a lot of Indian girls uh, attractive for the most part. Um, but that being said, uh, for Indian girls, it is – it's no different, right? Like, it's hypergamy is still there. They're still going to seek a higher level than um, uh, themselves. Uh, and if we're working under that assumption, um, I've been, I guess, uh, not to toot my own horn, but like I've been sort of lucky in that sense because if Indian girls will only go, at least for the most part, for Indian guys, within the Indian pool of males, <laughs> I think I'm better off than 
a good chunk of them, you know, um, whether it be, you know, being more Americanized or, uh, I guess maybe taller, um, lighter skin is a huge thing in Indian culture. Also, uh, most Indian people are like, clearly you can tell that they're Indian, they're Brown. They're some, if you go more and more South, they're more and more Brown. And I hate to say it that way, but that's the case. Skin color does matter in India. Um, it's almost sort of like, it's like a, uh, it's like a signal of how much your family or you know the generation before has been out in the sun and worked in the sun as a lower status like a like a slaver or like a worker you know in the fields or like as a farmer so um because you know as you're you spend more and more time outside in the sun your skin gets darker because of melanin production uh, now typically people know that the more you work outside the darker you get and so if you're inside, you're probably going to end up being lighter skinned because you're less exposed to the sun. There's an actual science behind this, but, you know. Yeah, I think I know where you're going with this, yeah. So the lighter skinned, and correct me if I'm wrong, but yeah. they become more attractive than the darker skin? Is that yes. essentially the culture in respect yeah. to India? 100%. And it's like, you know, it, it, because it implies a higher status in the family, right? If your right. kids you know, don't like have to work worker. out in the fields, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You are you must be able to work on the inside where you have less sun exposure. And that's also true for just Asian culture in general. Uh, but it's very true for Indians because we have a huge range between which skin color varies. You know, like Asian girls, they don't have a lot of varying skin color and tone. They're usually just like, for the most part, they're very light skinned. But for Indians, it's like all over the spectrum. You'll see dark Indians, like really dark, like darker than a lot of black people too, you know, uh, if you dark. go really south. Um, so um, so anyways, uh, light skin is one. Um, but just generally speaking, like I've been fortunate in that sense. Uh, so Indian girls, I don't really have too much of a hard time with them. Um, just again, like typically it's um, – you know, they either approach me at parties and will like, you know, like it's not it's not hard for me to get an Indian girl. Um, but again, like I know part of the reason is because they're for the most part, their family, you know, the way they're raised is you have you got to get with an Indian guy, you know. So they automatically it almost kind of like trains their mind to, to like Indian guys more, um, if that makes sense. And they only usually. About this, yeah. Yeah, and so and so Indian people. I've, what I've noticed is that they typically stay within the same social circles as other Indians. A lot of them, not all of them. Uh, I'm not one of those people because I obviously talk to many other people outside of the Indian race. But I've noticed that so many Indian people they will congregate together. They're like, oh look, there's another Indian. Let's go talk to that person. Let's go talk. <laughs> and so they immediately okay. they sort of clog together. And there's a huge network of Indian people, and um, this is where they all mix and mingle, and you know they date each other, and they they're friends with each other, and there's a lot of drama in that group. I'll be honest with you. Um, <laughs> that's why some few Indians that I know, uh, especially ones that I'm close to, they got themselves out of that drama-filled circle, and so, which is why I get along with those particular. Indian people more, I guess. But uh, yeah, generally speaking, like I, I know I have one Indian friend who's actually with the white guy. She's uh, she's really into this dude, but apparently, um, either her parents are don't care so much as if like if she dates outside of her race. Um, but she's with the white guy. Um, I 
for the most part, most of the girls that I've dated or hooked up with were Indian. Um, again, very, they're not hard, you know, it's, it's really not. Um, and then, so enough about Indian girls, Asian girls now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So on to Asians. Um, I do, I agree with you. I think that they're very selective. Uh, I also think, um, like what I've told you before, I, for some reason, I get the feeling that they're not into Asian men. Um, and, uh, I mean, they're mostly into white guys. I would, I would say that. Um, but if they couldn't get a white guy, then I don't, and if they really were in still in the dating game and they didn't give up on it, I think they would not go for an Asian man. They'd probably go for some like Middle Eastern person or, uh, some like, I don't know. Um, I wouldn't, maybe not black, but like Middle Eastern, maybe, uh, maybe Hispanic, uh, you know, Indian, maybe that sort of thing. I never um, see a Hispanic and yeah. an Asian girl together. Really interesting <laughs> I because see that. my my friend Nick, he he's Hispanic. He's got like his whole thing is just Asian girls. Like Asian girls love him. He loves Asian girls. Um, okay. Although he that's not his only preference, but like his ex girlfriend was Asian, <laughs> right? Um, but just generally speaking, like all the girls that he dates or is usually into just happen to be Asian. Um, yeah. Or, or vice versa, right? Uh, but yeah, no, I get what you're saying. For the most part, it's white guys. And if not white, then sometimes it'll be Asian. But um, yeah, I think that's safe to say that's a hierarchy. It's yeah for most of them, not for all of them. It's white right. guys, Asians, and then maybe Middle Eastern or um, maybe even Indian. Yeah. Uh, uh, I've seen a couple of, of uh, Asian girls with black folks. Oh, have you? I've, I've seen those, yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, I mean, it's all over the place. Um, it's such a mystery on the desire of women and how selective they can be. Right. Um, I mean, who really knows? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a cliche now. It's like, oh, you men, you'll never get women. You know, you'll never understand us, like that sort of thing. I think that's bullshit. I think, yeah. Uh, well, it's funny because that, that was actually a saying in the rational male. Like, it's just like a little... Um, like he says, that's total BS. Like you need to actually understand this stuff. You know, it's not like as complicated as people put it out to be, but it is complicated, but you can understand it. It's not impossible. Yeah. Yeah. It is not, it's not impossible. I mean, a lot of guys nowadays, they, uh, they're not as confident as they used to be. Uh, they're very, they're not brainwashed, but they're highly influenced, right? So yeah. they're influenced by this over-feminine society we live in today. And mm-hmm. I think it's safe to say that we live in a more feminine society today than it was back then. Oh, uh, Maybe like 100%. during the 60s, during oh, the 50s, absolutely. maybe something like that. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot of uh, changes every now and then. In different institutions uh, in academia and in... Uh, what are the institutions and celebrity institution, Hollywood, um, yeah. many changes in mm-hmm. general. A lot of it is, uh, shifting toward, uh, feminine power. I would argue. Yeah. Is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? Who knows? Uh, are they really fixing all this tyrannical hierarchies that we live in today? Who knows? <clears throat> but mm. it's, interesting to notice how the more feminine power is increasing 
the less uh i would say alpha slash strongmen are are being uh developed Allowed. you know what i mean yeah oh yeah absolutely 100 i think so it's funny when um when i was talking to my ex-girlfriend uh she actually showed me this video uh she's like hey listen to this dating advice that this guy gives right and this guy the video was titled how to and he by the way this guy that she follows and was like trying to show me the dating advice from he's hard hard radical leftist okay keep this Look in him mind up. what's his name uh hassan hassan something piker pike hassan piker Hassan Pike or Hassan Piker, I don't know, something like that. Hassan. He's from a, uh, yeah, just uh, keep. You can look him up. I'm sure you'll find him. Oh, Hassan, H A S, A N. Yes. Here we go. Uh, is he really small? He's a really small creator. I don't think he's small. Uh, I think he. Very not popular. From what I know, he's he's very popular. I think. But he's okay. he's very very leftist. Let's put it that way. Cool. Um, so he was giving sort of uh, you know advice in terms of uh, uh, dating and all this kind of stuff. And the video itself was titled something along the lines of like how to uh, avoid inceldom, meaning like how to avoid being an incel essentially. And so um, <laughs> it's funny because he's a comedian. Or is he just he, like a? No, no, no. He's he's a he's an actual like political activist. Oh, okay. Sorry, yeah. go on. So, uh, what was I gonna say about? I think he gave he gave like. Um, I forgot the main point. What I was gonna say something about the dating advice that he was giving. Very leftist, very heavy leftist, very beta, maybe. No, actually, in fact, I I didn't get through the whole thing. We didn't get through the whole thing before I had to cut off the conversation, but. Um, uh, it's not. It wasn't actually beta, from what I remember, actually. But he did say in the beginning, like this advice is for all people, not uh, you know, whether it be girls, boys, transgenders, whatever. Right now, the advice he was giving was actually true. From I, I heard the video was like on seven tips on how to like, you know, date properly, and I've only heard the first two. And from the first two, from what I heard, he was absolutely correct, actually. Um, he was talking about how uh, we operate human nature we operate on scarcity dynamics and uh, the value of a certain person will go up in the eyes of another you know based on how available you are and whatever so now the key here was that um, he said that men and this advice is for everyone and I disagree with that I don't necessarily think that this that this advice applies to everyone Science has proven over and over and over again that it's different for men and women. Their desires are different. You can't apply the same dating techniques and tactics and, and ideas to that you would tell men and that you would tell women. Women's desires for a guy are completely different than women the than men's desires for a woman, you know. I forget the main point that he was I was going to go somewhere with this, but I it just I think I found the video. Uh is it oh, Okay titled chat advice seven rules for dating an antinote to insult them yes that's the one that's the one hassan piker okay yes that's uh, the exact one actually sure okay wow um he goes against he, he shit tucks on jordan peterson 
<laughs> oh, all the time, dude. And it's yeah. funny because she, she – oh, yeah, we can get into that another time. But, <laughs> yeah, okay. I yeah, my ex-girlfriend and I got into an argument about that somewhat. <laughs> we were just like – because I tried telling her some stuff about Jordan Peterson, and she was open to it. But, like, she's like, oh, yeah, Hassan Piker talks shit about this one clinical psychologist who, like, gets into politics. And I'm like – Okay, like, you can't just listen to everything Hassan Piker says, okay? <laughs> like, you have to have a balance here. <laughs> Jordan Peterson's a very smart guy, okay? Like, you can't just be like, oh, yeah, gotta listen to Hassan Piker because, you know, he's God, right? You know? <laughs> okay. But anyways, <laughs> Jordan Peterson, great guy. Yeah. Um, I don't know much about him. He seems to be like a very small creator. He only has 37,000 uh, subscribers. Oh, like, he does YouTube? have a big following. On YouTube, yeah. Wait, only 37,000? That's what it says, 37K. Dude, that's not even that much, to be honest. Well, yeah, in respect to a lot of the YouTubers on, on YouTube. On, on YouTube, uh, but yeah. But he, he does have a small following, though, so... Yeah, that's yeah. That's good. He's got a lot of comments. Oh, yeah. Uh, all the radicals are in there. <laughs> all the radicals. I mean, I really don't know what he's like. Is he really leftist? Does he oh, get a lot yeah. of those ideas out? I mean, I mean, I haven't seen too many of his things, but uh, yes. Annoyingly so. It's like... He'll have someone on a call, for example, and this is actually a video a long time ago, not a long time ago, maybe like three three months ago. Again, going back to my ex-girlfriend, this is the only way I know this guy. <laughs> she tagged me in this one Instagram video that he put up, and she was like, she captioned it, I dare you to dare you to, de- to debate this guy, okay? And I'm like, fuck, like, I can't debate a guy who does this, like, pulls this tactic, you know? Because what this guy has done is, this vi- the video that she tagged me in, right, it was a video of a guy talking to to Hassan okay and yeah. talking about I think it was immigration maybe um, and talking about how uh, or maybe it was Donald Trump right oh oh it was the KKK it was about the KKK okay so um, something about how people on the right are like people are like are the KKK or something like that or they support doctrines of the KKK and um, this guy was online with Hassan and Hassan asked him well what do you think it meant when Donald Trump said you know we need to build a wall and this this and this and the guy was saying something like well come on like you can't just generalize and be like yeah he hates Mexicans you know like sure he maybe he doesn't like Mexicans we don't know that deep down right but part of the reason could be illegal immigration right <laughs> like have you thought about that you know anyways point being is that um the guy started cracking up. Hassan started just cracking up and started making fun of the caller, saying um, things like, uh, like completely ignoring what the guy was saying and just using shaming tactics, right? And I was like, this is not an intellectual debate. This is not an intellectual conversation. You were literally trashing the guy right in front of you and without considering his ideas. You know, I can't debate someone like that, right? You can't debate someone like that. Um, so, I I mean, <coughs> he is sort of radical, I guess, in that sense, that he just doesn't even listen to, to the other side. Um, and radical in the sense that, like, you know, all this stuff about the transgender movement and all that, <coughs> the laws being passed in Canada and whatever, Um He's just very, you know. I get the image from this guy as being a uh, kind of a cocky, 
um, 100% I agree individual who just loves to shit on people I mean look at some of his of his, of his uh, video titles Andrew yeah. Yang's UBI proposal is bad another another right. video says debate with a 200 IQ chatter uh, another video says Trump's immigration speech was full of uh, racial uh, agit prop propaganda uh, propaganda yeah um, speech debate um, talking secular he claims that his ex-girlfriend was a porn star who uh, this guy Hassan Piker this guy yeah I oh. see a video here that says um, he's asking his ex-girlfriend some questions or something like that uh, uh-huh. his videos are very clickbaity Right? Yes, so, 100%. He doesn't seem too authentic. He kind of yeah. feels like he's playing it up. Um, so he's definitely acting to a degree. So, yeah. I don't know. It, I just see a lot of hate on this on this channel. <laughs> like 100%. Um, Wisconsin high school prom, Nazi salute goes viral. He talks about that. Um, apparently, I, I didn't know if that happened. Um, apparently, it did. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. I mean... Not much of an influencer uh, that I would uh, listen to. Anyway, um, no, me what too. Were we talking about? <laughs> uh, dating dynamics. <laughs> dating dynamics. See. Yeah. See, this is how it oh, happens. Yeah. Like, let's, yeah, go yeah. Let's talk about that. Um, what sure. is the antidote to not becoming an incel? We can talk about that. Uh, yeah. So I actually agreed with a couple of the things. The first couple of things that I heard from this guy Hassan, um, which are uh one was i forgot the first one what was it um oh oh he says talk to a lot of girls he comes from from the concept of guys right talk to a lot of girls like every yeah he says you have to understand that everyone has social anxiety at one point or another um but if you consistently practice and just put yourself out there and just keep talking to a lot of different girls you'll start to realize that you have more options than you think you do He's like, just keep talking, just keep talking, right? And I agreed with him on that, 100%. Like, if you're a guy in the incel community or you're going through something or whatever, um, one of the first tips was just push yourself to talk to people. And people meaning girls, right? Um, Second tip was operate on scarcity dynamics, meaning, and and he even said, funny enough, on his, uh, when he was talking, he's like, I know this is going to upset a lot of people and it's going to rise a shit storm and whatever, but you have to operate on scarcity, meaning, and I was like, wait, what does that even mean? Yeah, what does that on mean? And, um, So he goes on and he says, human nature, the way we uh, operate is that we value things that are less available. And I 100% agreed with him on that, especially on the guy's end. On the girl's end, maybe it's, it's um, not too wise of an idea to pull that sort of thing when you're really into a certain guy. You should and you can, but not to the same degree a guy can. A guy can really push a girl away, like hardcore, just tell, flat out reject her, you know, this, that, and whatever, and it'll mess with her for years. And she'll keep coming back, she'll like try to, you know, whatever, she'll do all this stuff. But that's because girls are wired in a different way, you know, they, they want and desire a guy in a different way. Um, and so, again, I wouldn't apply it to 100% uh, girls and boys, but that was his second advice was... Um, uh, operate on scarcity dynamics, meaning like make her work for you sort of a thing, right? And I agreed, again, that's a very alpha thing to do. Um, 
is to take your attentions away and make her consistently come to you. That's a uh, even in the rational male, this is a strong alpha tell in the chapter alpha tells. Is very few alpha ways to tell whether a guy's alpha or beta. Um, you can sort of t- figure it out, but from a girl's perspective, how do you really know? Uh, one key factor is how much does a girl come to you versus you go to her. Um, so if the girl keeps coming to you, um, whoever she is, that's a good key indicator that she sees you as an alpha. Right. Um, another indicator and and so by the way like again that ties into scarcity scarcity dynamics because if you stop talking to her and you take away your attention immediately you just cut it off which is the advice all dating coaches will give like stop talking to an ex or like not an ex like like when you break up with the girl you need to move on like you need to stop trying to hit her up and get back with her if she reaches out eventually that's the position you want that person in and by that time, you might not even want to be with that person. By that time, you'll probably end up with a different girl who's probably treating you even better, you know. Um, but point being, operate on scarcity dynamics. Like, take away your attention. Don't give attention too much. And that kind of even ties in. There's a quote from the 48 Laws of Power. Um, there was some Renaissance diplomat, or not Renaissance diplomat, but some guy who said, uh, love often dies of, love never dies of starvation, but often of indigestion. Meaning, if there's too much, you're going to have indigestion, right? Like, if you eat too much, yeah. indigestion, all that. If you too have too, too much, much, yeah, if you're surrounding yourself with that partner so much, you're going to get sick and tired of them at a, at a certain point. You need time away from that person. You need time to do your own thing. You need, you need time um, to wonder what that other person is up to, the mystery behind that other person, you know? Then when you do spend time together, it's more quality time versus quantity of time. So when you spend time with them, you really talk about all the things that you've been through, what you went through while in each other's absence, um, and that sort of thing. So again, scarcity, which I agreed with him on completely. That's one huge factor or indicator, right? I feel like a lot of these incel guys, they try a little too hard at certain points, and then they get flat out rejected, and then they, they, you know, they go to the forums, and then they're going to like sit there and be like, Mexican women are like this, and like, you know that and that and that <laughs> it's a very hatred it's like a hatred Call filled back to the type beginning. of thing yeah <laughs> you know so uh that hate i think stems from hard rejection or getting burned by a girl but i think you also have to sort of understand that you know and i'm not saying you i'm not talking about you i'm talking about just generally speaking guys guys yeah. have to understand that uh i think the very first time this sort of thing happens even the second time it happens with a girl like a rejection you need to look at yourself first first and foremost always blame yourself first instead of the outside factors because you have control over yourself you have control over this sort of thing because you know you're going to take control and you're going to start to understand how this stuff really works when you blame yourself if you blame her you're just going to go on and say like oh i'll meet the one one day you know i just got to keep going and the right one will come along and you know that one was a total bitch to me but she may have been a bitch, okay, that's possible. But it's also, you know, you can you could have also improved on that end and asked yourself, well, how could I have kept her attracted more to me? Um, that question shouldn't eat away at you day and night, but you should figure things out and at least, um, at least for incels who want to play the game, understand the game. You know what I mean? So, uh, 
otherwise it's like you're gonna suffer you're gonna you know you want girls but you know again you're the whole root of incel is involuntary celibate that's the idea behind incel um you're involuntarily uh-huh. not having sex because and it's you there's a key word there involuntarily you want to but you can't because you just don't get women and you hate them for whatever reason this is not necessarily red pill mentality this is black pill mentality remember we talked about this before i think the fact that we talked about yeah um yeah i just want to chip in here the yeah. fact that their desires are so overwhelming that it's pretty much taking control of them yeah shows how much out of uh reality they are they're in yeah. um they're very weak oh uh, yeah 100 undisciplined and they love to complain a lot and I initially want to think, what got this group of men, I assume they're all men, what yeah. got them so popular? What got them so much attention? Uh, I think a part of that yeah. was a couple of the individuals got a little violent. You know what I mean? Like they did a, right. a couple of mass shootings or mass murders. Yeah. Um, so there's that going for them. But what's also going for them is that they're talking about sex. And yeah. When people generally talk about sex, people are on board. They love to talk about yeah. it. They love to talk about the dynamics of sex. They love to talk about uh, what it is, what it should be, how to approach it, how not to do it. Yeah. Uh, everyone's got their own opinion. Incels have their own opinion. Everybody else has their own opinions about their opinions. And I agree with you on your analysis of the incels. Uh, yeah. They're not very good at the social game and they don't calculate as much as they should yeah they're very impulsive they're very mad and they're very uh vulnerable it's very nihilistic i would say yeah and they're very weak and that's a problem yeah yeah Uh, what i mean by weak is that they're very uh not like physically weak but um mentally they're they're mentally weak in this in the respect that impulses govern their behavior and they're not disciplined and they yeah. see hatred and everything that they can't get oh yeah oh yeah it's so, a blame blame factor i guess or, or sort of a yeah i guess i guess a blame bias right yeah there is that um so i think people why do people often talk about incels like we didn't talk about them like a few years ago but all of a sudden we're now we're not talking about you know <laughs> i would say i and i was actually funny enough again uh, i was talking about this with my ex um this is i think what it is is guys are just don't know how to be attractive nowadays and what i mean by that is masculinity itself has taken a hit because of all this like equality and feminism right feminism wants equality right yeah but if you really boil down hypergamy to what it is is women seek guys that are above them but if they keep suppressing their own talent and what they want to do and whatever which has been happening more and more due to social conditioning and pressures in today's society, uh, at least for the past few years. Um, if they suppress themselves in front of girls, um, who, if they try to be super like, uh, oh God, it's so funny. Um, <laughs> I was mentioning this also before, was that uh, when, you, when, you're, when you're talking to a girl, you don't want to be the guy that's like oh i will accept you for whoever you are like anything is fine with me 
you know, that's such a, like, is it, is anything really fine with you? Like she can do whatever the fuck she wants to do and you're going to stick around no matter what. <laughs> like that's a very, very beta thing to do, you know? Um, and so, uh, what I would say is that sort of talk, that sort of game has been taught to young boys nowadays, especially in the contemporary, like the past few years because of social pressure and conditioning and feminism and all this media stuff about how, you know, you see it in movies a lot too, women empowerment, women really want guys who are, uh, you know, who like really submissive. treat them with respect. Yeah. And submissive and, you know, maybe not submissive, but like treat them with equality and respect. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they, Sorry, they then they go for the asshole guys who don't do that, who in fact almost even do the opposite who um, tease them relentlessly, who are cocky and funny, who are clearly higher status than they are, and these girls fall mad head over heels for these guys. Well, they cause more emotion. Exactly. And the guy, those guys, they know how to pull the strings of those girls emotionally, and that gets them entangled in this whole mess and drama and, and sort of uh, this, um, uh, I guess, storyline <laughs> in their in their their love storyline i guess you know and um so i don't think guys understand masculinity and what it's about because masculine energy if they really understood it if they really understood what the the root of masculinity is you know all these uh, traits that masculine men typically have you know and it, it's not about like oh i gotta grow this big ass beard and i gotta talk with a deep voice and i gotta you know stand up straight with my you know shoulders extremely back and chest puffed out it's not about that all right there are certain traits to masculinity such as <laughs> such as stoicism such as um you know uh purpose and mission and vision in life right that you if you have and you really channel properly right uh these things will translate into an attractive man over time and a lot of guys nowadays don't have that that masculine edge that they're sort of born with innately because social conditioning i think pressures them into out of it sort of you know um men are not real men nowadays at least not all of them (laughs) and so i would argue that i think a lot of it is that women are not finding guys that they're attracted to and these guys are left with their dicks in their hands, kind of like, what is going on here? You know, <laughs> and then they go and complain and then, you know, they have no idea what they did wrong. So they just want to bitch and complain all day about how women hate them. Makes sense. Because, yeah. you know, the dating game and the social dynamics, it's a dangerous game. And that's what precisely yeah. gets women so attracted to it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> precisely why they find these uh, alpha guys so attractive. Not only do they cause a lot of emotion, but they also provide a lot of, uh, I would say, like genetic benefits. Yeah. And a lot of other benefits, so financial yeah. benefit, uh, social benefit. Yeah. All these different sorts of benefits. Um, yep. Yeah, it's it's very difficult to to understand. It's very difficult to apply yourself in this kind of dynamic system. Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think what really hurts a lot of young guys today is that they're very confused, like I was saying before. Yeah. They're very confused because they're giving all these mixed signals, all these mixed messages in respect to yeah. social media, in respect to 
uh, entertainment in respect to politics. Yeah. And they're getting all these different viewpoints and all these different perspectives that they just don't know what it means to be a man. Um, oh, yeah. And w- what does it mean to be a man in today's society? It's it's very difficult to yeah. define that kind of term. Because, yeah. you know, feminists have their own uh, term, their own definition for how to be a man. Uh, you have incels for their definition of how to be a man. Mm. It's very confusing for a young guy today, right? And yeah. it's a crisis among probably the whole world, not just America, to be honest. Because um, Jordan Peterson really talks about that crisis uh, going on today. So he'll give tours in, in Europe and he'll have a lot of guys. Uh, there are women too. It's not just guys. Uh, right. But he does have a majority of uh, male viewers and male audiences who come to listen to him speak because they honestly are very confused and they need yeah. help try to understand a lot of things. And uh, at least that's what Peterson did for me is he, he methodically yeah. and... Uh, explain a lot of the issues that's going on today and he was able to analyze a lot of the suffering that a lot of guys are going through right now through his experience of a psychologist it does feel like he knows what he's talking about and he'll say things that we already know are true but he'll articulate them in a way that um, makes more sense Mm. and uh, that's what got me so um, influenced by him. Mm-hmm. It's just uh, uh, a comment on on young men today. One hundred percent. And you know, yeah. you know, we're still going through things, and we're still developing. Um, mm-hmm. Like you're still going through a lot of the the social dynamic, and try to date again, and you know, you're talking to your yeah. ex girlfriend again. There's some tension there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a struggle. It really is. Oh yeah. And oh, yeah. Uh, do you want to maybe go further and how uh, you're struggling on on your yeah, sure. tension between your ex girlfriend, or do you want to not get into that? Or uh, I guess we could we can go into that a little bit. Uh, probably not too in depth, but yeah, let's let's do a little bit. Um, so uh, you know, just the idea that she has been hitting me up, um, like meaning just messaging me like very consistently um every two to three weeks it's something new you know or it's something like like hey one time she'll just randomly text me saying hey do you hate me um and i'm like what are you texting me we haven't talked in we're i mean like we we don't normally like chit chat we're not on a cool level we're not like just you know buddies you know or what you know so uh, I went in with this, uh, uh, I don't want to say idea, but like, for okay, so here's what I know, okay? Uh, back in high school, I had no idea what I was doing. I went through this whole thing with my uh, the girl that I was into at the time, and that introduced me to Jason Capital, and I got into this whole thing, and I became, actually, and I, I, I don't really think I talked too much about this, I became fucking obsessed with like making sure that this that this never happens again. Like I was yeah, like, that's a good word for it. Yeah, um, like I, I, you know, so I started listening to all Jason's talks. I started like, 
you know, um, just like I started like implementing literally almost everything that he says. And I found actually funny enough that it, it works beautifully. It worked so well, in fact, on this this girl, the first girl that I really ever tried things out on um, in terms of uh, Jason. And so that being said, I don't... Uh, I don't think you can expect going into any sort of relationship with a girl to not, you know, you have to be super stoic in any situation that you go into a relationship with. There are going to be shit tests left and right, especially if you know what you're doing, especially if she thinks like, holy shit, this guy's really like he might actually be like the alpha, you know, of the, like he knows what the fuck he's doing. There's going to be relentless shit testing. Um, and so you have to know all this kind of stuff. And that shit testing, by the way, is a lot harder that passing those things are a lot harder than people think. Sometimes it's like they're so deeply psychological that you yeah. don't see them coming. But then when you pass them, you realize, oh shit, it was a shit test. Because, but at the moment, you won't realize it. You know, you might think, okay, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But after you pass it and you see the reaction completely change, you know, to the surface level, the guy, to the guy, it looks almost like it's, it's to the average guy, it almost look like, it looks like it's so illogical, right? This is why, like, women have had this sort of, um, thing thrown at them for decades and centuries that they're super illogical that they're not rational as men and it's not necessarily that they're not as rational i would say that it's that they're guys don't necessarily understand the functioning of shit tests and when they're being shit tested so it seems very illogical on the surface the content of what they're saying right they'll so indirect yeah they're super indirect they're covert communicators right um so what, what they say is not typically what they mean, and what they mean is typically not what they say, you know? Um, so I'll give you an example right now with my ex-girlfriend, right? She started saying things like, she started cracking up at the stupid, like I wasn't even making funny jokes, right? But she'll start like cracking up at like at, at them when it wasn't even funny, right? And then she'll start to sort of throw in things like, oh my God, I hate you, or OMG, I hate you so much, you know? Now, okay. You can obviously tell that that's not true, okay? Because I hate you is just another way of saying, like, practically the opposite, okay? Because when you have a girl laughing like that subconsciously, the content of what she's saying doesn't matter. Sometimes she'll even be mad, right, at a guy. And if you stick to your guns like a masculine man would, it actually turns her on more. And she clearly, this is a shit test that you've passed because you're not, you, okay, Okay, I, I don't want to like get into the whole dating dynamics thing again and explain that whole thing, but uh-huh. back to the whole tension thing. Um, yeah, no, just tension. Tension meaning, and today I really felt it, to be honest. I really felt it, or not today, my bad, yesterday. I really fucking felt it. And it was just like, I don't know how to explain it. It's like when you're in person, you sort of feel it on a subcommunicated level. It's sort of like the extra eye contact, the, you know, the sort of flirtatious attitude, that sort of thing, you know. Um, the tension is there, and I'm just kind of like, I think, okay. Yeah. yeah it, I think the tension is still there because you guys used to be sexual. Yes. Yeah. There definitely is that kind of awkward feeling on the surface in the air 
And right. that definitely amplifies the amount of tension between you guys. Because, I mean, that kind of relationship, it sticks with you. And yeah, it's very difficult, damn near impossible, to just get back together and be friends again. I mean, they're always going to have yeah. that uh, that past feeling, right? 100%, yeah. So it, it's very tense and very complicated. Would you say that... Um, how do I phrase this question? Uh, you're a very sexual person. <laughs> <laughs> um, how so? Like, as in when I was with her? Uh, just in general. Uh, anytime a girl... Okay, I'll tell you this. Anytime a girl typically hits on me or we hook up, um, especially, I'll tell you, with this with this girl that I was with, yes, I would say yes. Um, oh, Yeah. Yeah, one hundred percent. Like I'm not even gonna lie about that. Um, there, I can tell you this. Like in our in my relationship, like sex was a very very consistent thing. I don't want to say uh-huh. that so loud that my parents like are <laughs> right downstairs or something. <laughs> uh, but it was a it was like like a practical. Okay, like I'm not gonna get too in depth on this, but um, it was practically like an everyday thing. You know, and this is not something like, and I, because I was practicing a lot of this Jason Capital stuff too, you know, and a lot of the things that he talked about was how do you amp up the sexual tension? This amp is what up. girls love, you know, huh? Uh-huh. Sorry. Yeah. This <laughs> is, uh, I never heard that before. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. So just amp up the sexual tension like crazy to the point where it's like, you know, the girl can't help but want to be with you sexually you know and there are so so many ways to do this not just like by what you say in spitting game but so much of your sub communications your body language your eye contact there are so many ways to increase tension that when you do so it's very clear and the girl just can't help but want you and so i i every time i practice this man like that's why i love jason's work so much it's because i've practically applied it and it works so well you know, it's it's. I, I don't think I've applied anything else to my life so and, and seen such effective results from it. Um, like it, it, practically speaking, let's put it that way. So that's why. Yes, you're correct. Like that. That's why there's so much tension in. You know, uh, there's a lot of tension because of that. I guess, and a lot of the memories associated with that. You know. Yeah, it's hard to get those um, memories out, or at least not recall them when you're together. Just like yeah. maybe. Hanging 100%. out, probably. Yeah. It doesn't help that she was wearing a ton of makeup on either, you know, and all this kind of other stuff, too. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah, calling it out. What's makeup <laughs> really for, folks? We can talk, <laughs> talk about that in a different podcast. Oh, but <laughs> I didn't mean to start, start some hate right there. But, no. yeah, I get it. I understand. Um, yeah. Yeah, the memory's still there. Hard to get out. It's, yeah. it's very difficult, yeah. I mean... Is there yet? I've yet to be a, meet a guy who was like, uh, who would say like, "Oh no, I'm not very sexual. Like, I don't like sex in the relationship." Um, yeah. Is it kind of a necessity in a in a relationship when you're young? Um, because uh, yeah, go on. I think for most girls, it's just not desirable to have that kind of sexual intercourse uh, mm. or that kind of sexual dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, but for guys, it's often 
probably too often uh right <laughs> it's desired right so there's there's that conflict between the two uh, right yeah, yeah yeah so so yeah, yeah. so i'll tell you this from what i know um so yeah you're right like girls they're even if you look at it from a physiological level their testosterone levels are one fifteenth of the level that men's are right and that's typically the main hormone that regulates your sexual desire and needs um but i'll tell you this uh and so yeah you're right guys for the most part if you ask them and if they're honest with you they'll tell you like yeah sex is 100 percent a thing that i would want in a relationship you know um not only i think and it's it's sort of a dangerous path to go down i'd say but how so if you're well so what i mean is dangerous in the sense of two okay so guys will seek sex in a relationship for two reasons right one is because they want it number two is because they seek validation from it okay um, maybe they want to tell their buddies like, yeah, man, see, I hooked up with this girl and like, you know how like guys are, you know, they always like want to compare and they're always kind of like, like, see, I slept with this many girls and like, it's like a fucking dick measuring competition or something. And I'm like, I don't care, man, you know? Um, but I think in a relationship, I think it's, it's important I'm not saying it's like the number one important thing, but I'm definitely going to tell you, in my opinion, it's very important um, because it defines a lot of things, right? It, it ups the intimacy between the partners. Um, uh, it sort of uh, cements a lot of things in. And uh, not only that, you as a man, are you feel more satisfied. Just like that's just, I think that's what it is. You know, like partially, their studies have shown it's so funny how this have you heard of jordan peterson's idea of positive feedback loop Do you remember he talked about that in 12 rules for life positive feedback loop vaguely okay so th- this was in um uh the chap the dominance chapter the hierarchy chapter lobsters yeah so so typically what happens is when a guy wins at anything in life you know his hormones start to change a little bit and those oh. hormones will help him achieve more victory which becomes a positive feedback loop over and over and over. So if you're more likely to win, then you're going to see more of a boost in, let's say, serotonin which or, or testosterone or some of the, you know, chemicals that are the hormones that, you know, make you feel certain ways. Um, this is why uh, – so, so what happens is sex typically increases testosterone a lot um, like actual sexual intercourse does, you know. And so uh, – when that happens it automatically like your a lot of the people say that your work becomes more effective because you're sexually satisfied right um and when that happens you can focus more on that now obviously you know there's the girl on the side like who you know might uh bug you for like you know all this kind of other stuff which is where the whole meme comes from you know how like uh guys are just like you know we just want to have sex man like why do you have to talk after why do we have to like you know go on dates and why do we have to like you know do all this other stuff you know (laughs) so i think that's where the whole meme comes from and then girls will say well oh my god guys are such douches you know they just want to you know they just want to have sex and that's it like they don't want any to pursue much more um i think in a relationship it, it is very important though um i don't think that girls 
don't want to have sex. I think it's that they want to have sex with the right guys. That's the whole point of, of you know, separating uh, guys into alpha fucks and beta bucks, right? But um, that being said, because they're super selective, they don't necessarily feel that attraction, that sexual attraction for a lot of guys. And this is exactly what Jason teaches in, in a lot of the things, right? Is Are like some of the the things that guys will not even even dream or think about in decades of thinking about this, all these little subliminal things that will get a girl turned on. Um, and I don't know, dude, like it's just how to basically master tension. And this applies not just to turning girls on, but it applies to a lot of other things like charisma, body language, all this other stuff that if you can master a few of these cute uh, skills, um, you can uh, translate it into uh, you just being a more attractive person in general. Um, one, one example being eye contact, let's say. A guy who can make strong eye contact, but not too strong to the point where it's creepy with a girl, is seen as genuinely attractive because it shows he's confident and he can handle the tension in his body, right? Because if typically major reason that guys cannot make eye contact is because they can't handle tension on the inside. You know, there's a lot of tension when you're looking into the eyes of someone else. But when a, when you look a girl in the eyes and you can keep it there and hold the tension, it actually has been shown to turn her on a little bit, you know, and it, it, attraction spikes up because it gen, it, it shows a, an honest signal of confidence and alpha uh, characteristics um, and, and strong, I guess, uh, just male, you know. Uh, things like that, you know, and then that translates into charisma because any guy who can make strong eye contact is very charismatic, typically, you know. Um, anyways, I'm rambling on, but sex is important in a relationship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, final point, right. Um, yeah, yeah. I think, I forgot what I was going to input this, but I'll just say it now. Yeah. Uh, what makes a lot of men so uh, hypersexual nowadays um, is that they have access to a lot of uh, a lot of entertainment that sends them the wrong message and a lot of pornography. I don't think a lot of it is uh, natural, to be honest. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. So respect to a lot of young guys um, developing as they're going right. through high school when when they hit puberty and then that whole fiasco starts. Right. Uh, I think they get this wrong idea about how to expel that kind of energy and how to go about sex in general, how to be sexually active Um, because they get that wrong idea from a lot of entertainment, a lot of social media, a lot of politics and a lot of pornography. Um, Yeah. So I think that's an issue right there. And I agree um, with you. I agree actually. Um, Pornography. It's, it's been shown to be very bad if you excessively take it in and, you know, use it to release the tension in your body. Define right? excessive, yeah. Excessive, I would say, on a regular basis. Like, regular basis. it's like something that when you watch, it's like, I don't, I, don't, I don't know what number to give really, but if you watch it on a regular basis to the point where if you watch it, you're not getting as stimulated as you were before, that's bad because what what stimulates that tension and you want to you wanting to watch that is pornography is that is the dopamine in your brain um and right. dopamine receptors when you when you okay so what happens is essentially i'm going to give you a quick breakdown Science. here because we yeah. want to end this episode but 
Um, the idea oh, is do you this, wanna, right? Do you want to end it soon? I mean, we can keep talking for a I while. I can keep talking if you want. If you want. Yeah, I'm okay, down. Okay, cool. Sure. I got nothing else. Okay, cool. So um, the idea is in... Okay. Have you heard of the NoFap movement? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that is something that I recommend every guy try at least once. Do you try In their life. I, I've, I've tried it once, and I went two and a half months, actually. You went two and a half um, months? Damn, it's longer than me, bro. Yeah, dude. It was, it was hard. <laughs> Trust me. It was, very, it was a lot... Uh, more difficult than I thought it would be, <laughs> oh, yeah. but it's usually the first like f- it's usually the first like three weeks I think two to three weeks that's like the hardest. After yeah. that, it becomes like okay, it's like this is a normal thing, you know. Um, but here's the thing, right? There are benefits that come with it. You stop watching pornography. You stop, um, you know, wasting. I guess this sort of so so. There's a lot of contradictory evidence to what I'm about to say. So I can't say that this is for sure true or or 100% scientifically accurate or, or um, true, I guess. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So in his book, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, he basically talks about how there are 10 stimulus factors in the mind of any human being. These are 10 ways to stimulate people into action to make them do things right to make them propel themselves forward in their life to make money to um i guess you know do work and to be strong and active and whatever okay these 10 factors are actually ranked in order and the number one factor is actually sex um and uh, so what oh, yeah. he was saying was you need to, yeah. So a lot of the, uh, important nutrients apparently that are available, uh, from semen is like zinc and, and these different minerals that your body actually needs. And it's better to save those if you're not going to be sexually active. Um, then you don't want to use it on pornography and just like waste time and waste energy and waste effort. And not only that, but you know, ram your brain um, with consistent dopamine that's not natural because every time you watch porn and you masturbate to it or whatever it is your brain gets a hit of dopamine as if it thinks that um, you're actually, you're actually getting late yeah yeah exactly you're like you're yeah. actually getting late or having sex right yep and it's so, virtual yeah exactly but it's virtual so your brain thinks it's hap- it's 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 you know engaging in sex and whatever but it's and it's shooting up the dopamine levels that are supposed to be there as a reward for you when you actually have sex right but when you virtually have it every it, the, the the stimulus becomes less and less and less because your brain just cannot handle all that dopamine it's unnatural so what it does is it damages, I don't want to say damages, but it reduces the receptors. So um, you need a, a higher stimulus to get the same arousal. So that's why guys become addicted is because they watch more and more and more and eventually gets to the point where it's like not, it's, it's not as uh, stimulating as it used to be. So they watch more intense pornography. And they watch even more and more intense pornography. Eventually, it's just like, dude, like you're just wasting your life and your time, and you're, uh, you know, it's it's not a healthy thing, especially if it's an addiction. Um, yeah. Uh, I think. Would you I say watching porn is not healthy? 
I wouldn't say I wouldn't say I mean I I'm not like a professional here so I'm not telling it guys the you know to take my advice word for word but I am okay. saying I don't think it's unhealthy to watch porn every now and then. I do think it's unhealthy if it's on a regular basis though. And and if you use it to um release tension, I guess. Um and what I mean by regular basis is like I mean if I had to give a number to it like maybe I don't know uh, daily or twice a day or so you know i think I it would be a, a problem if it starts replacing actual uh interaction between yes. you know human beings <laughs> yeah yeah that could 100 percent be another indicator or marker that's makes so, sense uh go yeah. on go on uh yeah no i just think it's very <coughs> um important for uh porn and masturbation not to be a release of tension that's like you know your go-to you know like when you're having problems and you have to deal with those problems but you just kind of want to way out you just want to like you know like that's typically a lot of the route a lot of people will go when they don't want to deal with those problems you know you meet a lot of stress like a lot of tension in your life yeah yeah which i mean again like i i don't think it's bad if it's done in moderation you know yeah. Um, but if it's done excessively, then it's like that. That's when it, it will become a problem, and it's wrong, and it's bad. You know, isn't that um, unattractive? Isn't that unalpha to one hundred percent treat absolutely pornography or to use pornography on a moderate level, even at all? Uh, well, I wouldn't say at. Uh, well, no, I would. I wouldn't say moderate level um, because I mean it depends on how sexual i guess maybe i mean if if you're talking about like alpha 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 like super crazy alpha then it's like he's probably getting laid every fucking night that's like jason mimosa right so (laughs) yeah jason mimosa right like (laughs) then you don't need porn you get laid every freaking night like you know but um if that's okay i'll tell you this Uh uh-huh there was a chapter in the rational mail which talked about if you excessively masturbate your pheromones change and your pheromones are the sort of scent that you give off. And there are certain scents that are very attractive to girls. And this is a clear indication that you are more of an alpha guy. And there are various reasons your pheromones can change, whether it's excessive amounts of masturbation um, will immediately tell you tell a girl that you are beta from this pher- pheromonal level, I guess, um, or pheromonal level. Can and girls- there- yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut yeah. you off, but I wonder yeah. if girls can actually detect that. If they have like a genetic meter that goes they, off, they, like, oh, this guy masturbates. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't know if it's like that, but I, I think what it is is that guys who excessively masturbate, you can sort of – I at least think it's pretty obvious, sort of, yeah. Like yeah. The way they act, girls, the way they act socially, how they ex- handle themselves, body. Um, 100%. They're awkward yeah. more so, I guess. And, you know, it's just they, they have key indicators. And not only that, they can sort of – I don't want to say they can Finally. smell it. They can't. But they can sort of sense it, you know? They can when, smell it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, they can smell it in your pheromones. <laughs> have you heard of the, 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 smelly, uh, the smelly T-shirt study? Oh, yeah, I've heard of that where women actually detect who is like an alpha guy just by his like odor. Scent. <laughs> Yeah, the, the the odor, yeah. Which one was more attractive to them? Yeah. Um so basically, you know, they'll t- they 
they don't like think to themselves like, oh, this guy masturbates a lot, that guy doesn't, or that guy's an alpha male, or that guy's not. It's no, basically, wow, yeah. I think that guy's attractive, and I think this guy's unattractive. Then they don't really, they, they kind of just stop it there. It's like, why? Why do I think this guy is attractive or that one is unattractive? They don't really think that. It's just a natural response to them, you know? Right. It's very subconscious, I would say. That makes sense. I mean, uh, I think, you know, pornography is a lot of a, it's, it's a part of a lot of guys' lives. Uh, yeah. Especially our age. And, mm-hmm. you know, it pops up every now and then. And I think it's, there's a lot of uh, talk about it being healthy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like, oh, it's okay. Um, it's like a social norm. Like even women do it, you know. Don't right. feel ashamed about it, even though it's a very shameful thing to do, but no one really talks about it. And yeah. the stats are in. Um, there's a lot of people who contribute to these kind of, uh, um, say, markets in general. Um, mm. Isn't L.A. the porn capital of the world or something like that? Yeah, I have no idea. Is it? <laughs> I wouldn't be shocked, to be honest. That's what I hear, to be honest. Um, and I think it's because there's a lot of filming uh, companies down there that, that produce a lot of... Uh, pornographic films or just right. content in general yeah because um, it's like high-end uh it's production. like high status production there and there's a lot of celebrities and things like that and whatever um, right yeah um let's see where was i going with this uh oh wait no here it says uh i have an article up um how la's porn valley became the adult entertainment capital of the world so uh, there's a picture here that says they're shooting a pornographic film in san fernando valley uh pornographic capital of the world um it produces four billion dollars annually in sales um i mean it's a big company no one could deny that and it's always going to be a big company because it's an impulse of pleasure that that the internet provides and it's so yeah. easily accessible and, you know, it's it's like a go-to for a lot of guys, right? So what if they're rejected by a girl? Oh, well, resort to pornography. Or um, yeah. maybe their girlfriend's not being as... Uh, uh, as sexual? Right. I was trying to avoid that kind of term. But, <laughs> yeah. you know... Uh, they're not really being the girlfriend that they they imagine her to be, so they they turn to pornography, things like that. It becomes a problem, uh, which is where I'm trying to get to, when it starts replacing uh, a lot of vital things in your life. So, mm-hmm. uh, and it becomes a very dangerous uh, activity to indulge in. Yeah, because uh, it can be, it become it can become addictive and it can become. Uh, very self-destructive uh there are some guys who go down a slippery slope where they go into a lot of uh like weirder and weirder fetishes and, yeah you know there's there's that talk of like uh online i don't know they talk about it like on instagram like oh what's your favorite fetish or uh, <laughs> what's the yeah. weirdest fetish it's like all right <laughs> right there's that kind of talk going around especially among the millennials um yeah and a lot of young people too uh yeah i mean I agree with you on like the number one motivator being sex. Yes. That's a strong indicator of like a biological, uh, asp, uh, trait in respect to humans. Hmm. Um, but I think that applies mostly to guys. I don't think that applies mostly to 
women. Like, what's the main motivating factor for women? That's a good question. Um, well, I'll give you an example. Uh, this is getting a little personal, but it's fine. <laughs> okay. Yeah. My ex and I, we watched porn once together. <laughs> just once. <laughs> it sure. Was just a, and she suggested it, actually. Isn't it that like a me. couple thing to do? Like, I hear that's a normal uh, yeah, step I to take it, together or something like that. I guess I have no idea to be honest. I don't know. She just randomly suggested it out of nowhere once, <laughs> and I was just like, you, "What? Why?" She's yeah. like, "I don't know. I just think it would be ask. fun. Like, I, I just think it would be like take it to the next level, kind of a thing." I was like, "Okay, great. <laughs> Why not?" <laughs> I didn't enjoy it myself because that's just a little weird, in my opinion. I would rather focus on her than the the you know. The I agree. Screen. <laughs> I, I would feel the same way, to be honest. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but she she doesn't. Yeah, I I would ask her that. I was like, "Do you watch porn?" And she's like, "No, I I don't. Like, it's not really a, a turn on for me." And you know what it is? I think it has. And don't quote like I'm not an expert here, but from what I remember reading about, girls are uh, guys are more visually stimulated, right? We yeah. we've like girls that you know the way guys should test a girl automatically in the brain is hip to waist ratio things of that nature you know can this woman is this woman healthy to be able to hold my child right genetic wise like that's yeah, yeah ex- exactly um so now for me to like invest my time and you know effort into her but um point is what was the point i was gonna make uh you were watching pornography with your ex and the motivated factor oh. for men was like genetic figure uh that's very yes. good to look at I remember for now. women it's i think i want to guess uh sure sure for women it's what is it it's communication yeah Somewhat? it's more words it's more the content yeah. it's more the sub language the, the second language which is yeah. sub communications um uh which is what i mean if you look at the best dating coaches though this is what they'll tell you um again jason capital <laughs> hashtag jason capital <laughs> i'm like totally fucking marketing <laughs> for this guy out here I right know, now <laughs> right? you're doing free publicity you're not even getting paid for it dude <laughs> <laughs> seriously man <laughs> um but the idea being is that they they look at everything but the content everything but the visual it's like almost like a women get turned on more by words or not the, by words by uh the drama uh, the the uh yes it's the yeah. context that they get the turned contents. on by. Right. Yeah, it's not the actual content. It's not the very logical portion of it. It's the context, um, yeah. E- exactly. And I think part of the reason that is is because, you know, species in general, any species, when you have a masculine and a feminine male-female sort of uh, sex difference, one typically makes up for the other, meaning one's strengths um, are where the other's weaknesses lie. Meaning there are certain strengths that men have that women don't have. There are certain strengths that women have that men don't have and vice versa. And, and you know, all this kind of stuff for weakness also. Right. Um, the, I remember this one talk Jason was having where he said, you know, if you do have a long-term girlfriend, you want to be able to pick out one that intu- intuitively kind of um, sees your blind spots. And there are many girls that can do this for you. Essentially, if the girl is feminine and she really understands um, – Subcommunication on a very deep level which most girls do naturally but there are some girls who are very good at it 
they can see masculine the, the the blind spots of a lot of guys you know they can help pick out a lot of the blind spots so anytime you're making a decision about something important he says you know you typically you want to make the decision at the end of the day it's your decision you know but don't think for a second that you have to completely ignore her input you know to be this super macho alpha guy like you should take her input into consideration and then make the decision at the end of the day you know but take it into consideration because she's going to see your blind spots and i think that has a lot to do with this feminine sort of uh way of looking things which is different you know they they just tend to like things that guys are typically not into um you know it's like the typical cliche but feminism a lot of days a lot of the times nowadays will uh raise girls and boys to think that you know they're the exact same you know when i don't think that's necessarily true um and i think that's you think pretty obvious that's affecting the social dynamic in respect to dating i think um yeah because when it comes time for you know serious relationships i think those individuals who were brought up in that kind of environment were like um uh, you know, every gender is the same. Like, there's no such thing as gender or something like that. Or men and women yeah. are the same. They're going to be very confused on like what are the roles and, and like what are the, what are the traits of each person. Um, it's not going to end right. well. I know that. Uh, going yeah. back to uh, your story, <laughs> yeah, which was was kind of personal. Um, oh yeah, 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 yeah. So so yeah, go on. Yeah. That's pretty much the whole thing, right? It was just like it was awkward. Um, well, it, on my end, it was, and we didn't really do it again because I told her I didn't want to. <laughs> I was like, right. I don't think yeah. this is a good idea. Um, it was just not at all fun for me. But, um, I mean, I yeah, I just I I don't even think she was really into it either, um, and not necessarily because like it's not something like it just didn't work out for us but i think it was because her as a girl like you know girls typically are not into porn as much as guys are you know and that's just because guys are so much more visually stimulated and we know this right but yeah um even she she said like look like i was only trying to watch it to like to like see if you liked it you know like i wanted to see if if like you know it would help it, it would like make it better for you you know but for me it's like i don't even care because i don't even normally watch it um it's just not stimulating for me right i'll tell you this and this is getting really personal okay <laughs> sure but i think it's it's not like crossing you know whatever boundaries or whatever i hope to god she's not listening to any of this <laughs> hope to god yep. but she there was one time where i was texting her from i was back at ucla at this point and I would, I literally just kept texting her the most, like, dirty things, okay? Sure. And she was literally, she was, it, this is like her version of porn. And I was like, what is going on here? Like, this would not turn me on <laughs> at all. Like, this is, these are just words. But yeah. when I was texting it to her, she was like, dude, like, you need to keep fucking going. Like, you need to not stop now. Like, keep texting me, like, all these things that you're saying. And I literally went on for, like, an hour. <laughs> And it was just, sure. I enjoyed it, actually. I enjoyed doing that. But, I mean, for, for me, I just could not imagine how that would be stimulating. But at the mo at the time, I realized, I was like, okay, obviously she's a girl. She's different. You know, that's why girls read, you know, novels like Fifty Shades of Grey, the fastest-selling paperback in history, according to Jordan Peterson, by the way. 
because you know this is sort of their porn this is like like just as many like you know guys watch a lot of porn and you can see like there's so many views on the internet and everything yeah um you realize like holy shit there's like millions of guys out there watching porn same thing for girls like you'll see like this novel in particular or like uh the twilight saga right these these uh uh stories of you know uh these mysterious men and everything like that and like the super crazy dominate dominating type of uh sex that they have or whatever the it's not the visuals it's the it's the words it's so like the fastest selling paperback of all time like really or like the most sold paperback or whatever 50 shades of gray really <laughs> like what was so great about that story <laughs> you know it was it was a reaction, pornography dude. of women yeah so that is interesting to think about why is it the words why is it the content who knows man i i really can't tell you that one that's one thing <laughs> i guess I we can't really because we're to. just a couple of chimps uh, <laughs> i guess so so stimulated by visual aspects uh yeah yeah i mean even my ex-girlfriend was stimulated by a lot of words because ours really? turned into a uh, a long distance relationship and right. um in order to keep the relationship alive it really turned into a lot of uh deep conversations over text we never really right. called each other. It was always over text. And, um, you know, I think she really enjoyed that kind of uh, communication in general. It's yeah, uh, just a bunch of words uh, communicating through just deep conversations in respect to sentences yeah. one by one. Yeah. Why is that so attractive to them? I have uh, no fucking idea, dude. <laughs> well, there is an idea. It's just that, you know, we can't really uh, rationally dissect it, I believe. Um, yeah, yeah. There probably is an explanation out there. There is, yeah. Um, but, you know, it's it's such a mystery. <laughs> and I think that's what the words provide. It's like it's such a mystery. Like anything can happen next. Uh, yeah. It's a story that really drives them. It's it's the uh, It's the suspense. It's the drive. It's the the uh the plot it's the the dialogue that's right. what really uh keeps them involved i would say so yeah it, it's very like uh i think one of the they say that one of and even the rational male said this the one of the greatest ways to turn a girl on is through stimulation of her imagination meaning you have to make her imagine it oh you know what i think that's it that's the key. Literally, I think that's what it is. Like key is, is her imagination. imagination. Yeah. It is it, it is her imagination. I think you know why I say this is because um this is one of the things Jason talked about a lot. A lot. And not only that, but the rational male as well. You know, you have to act in certain ways. Why do you think like they say, Oh, girls like mysterious guys? It's because these guys, they stimulate the imagination. Things like, why isn't he texting me back? Why has he taken one hour to reply? Is he talking to someone else? Um, is there another girl in the picture? Like, I saw him in class today. What's going on? Yeah. Yeah. Like, why? Dude, okay. When I was talking to my ex yesterday, she was telling me. Uh, so I posted uh, a little uh, clip of uh, my entertainment channel YouTube video. Uh, we did something called the laughing challenge where my friend Nick and my sister were on screen. Okay. And basically what the laughing challenge is, is basically you hold water in your mouth and you sit across, you sit right next to each other, okay? 
And the third person, in this case, it was me, has to try to make both of the other people laugh. And whoever spits out the water on the other person loses, you know, that round. And so um, Nick lost that round, and I, I posted the video. It was a freaking hilarious video. I'll send it to you after. Uh, and I, I played it in, like, rewind, like, three times. And I posted that on Instagram, and she saw it. Yesterday, when we were hanging out, she told me, she's like, is there something going on between you, your sister, and Nick? Because, And I was like, yes, how did you know that? Holy like, fuck. How do you pick up? how do you pick up on things like that so easily? There was almost zero things that I saw there on screen yeah like even even on screen um watch it the thing that i posted (laughs) um that was like like um um i could figure this out you know uh but it's it's probably not on instagram right now but i I can send you to by text right now sure Um, um wow okay I think and, and she 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 figured it out based on just sub communication. And I was really like, dude, even it. I like I'm decently I'm really good at sub communication. Like I've studied <laughs> Jason's things in and out and I couldn't even fucking tell that. But you could? Like how? <laughs> it's crazy. Maybe yeah. some women are just very uh naturally gifted with that kind of ability to detect that kind of tension, to detect that kind of uh um maybe sexual tension between the two i maybe guess that's so it. or maybe there's something yeah. more than meets the eye i don't know Possibly. they do have it and we don't so, yeah yeah typically yeah but um i mean i think they do need to have that kind of trait because uh i think throughout history through through the tribal days that's how they survived yeah very that much kind so. of detection was really necessary um yeah so I just got the video right now. Um, yes, we can keep talking. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna play it in the background here. But uh, yeah. yeah, it's what were we talking about? Um, imagination. Yes, imagination. Yes. So stimulating the imagination um, is where it comes down to. Is what it really comes down to. I think if you if you talk to a girl about. A certain thing or you imply certain things you pick up on the girl immediately picks up on subcommunications that are so subtle she can tell when a guy is truly confident and when he's not you know so so subtle and when she can tell that the guy is very confident it immediately turns her on right the girls say like oh i just want a confident guy okay well what does that mean confidence how um and guys who are typically you know can have strong body language, eye contact, vocal tonality, the way they walk, charisma, um, state control. These are the things that Jason teaches a lot of. Um, yeah. Dressing style. The, the things that it takes confidence to pull off. Those are subcommunicated and purely true because a lot of guys will you know, lie to a girl and say, yeah, I'm a confident guy. Or they'll say, yeah, I'm that alpha guy. You know, but they can't trust the words of a guy. So what happens is they have to trust the the actions the of the guy. Yeah, his yeah, eyes. the subcommunications because that gives away what's more true, um, what's more genuine and honest. Because a guy can say whatever he wants if he lies to a girl to get get in, you know, um, to get into her pants. But remember, she has to be extremely selective about who she's with, and she has to choose correctly. So how does she do this? The subconscious mind has to has to feel it out, right? 
and you know girls they say are very um very uh in touch with their emotions and how they feel about a certain guy but the logic is not there it's because the feeling comes from the subcommunications they intuitively know this guy's confident this guy's alpha and this guy's not and even when they know they're gonna shit test the hell out of that guy just to make sure that he's that guy and he will pass and and it, passing a shit test by the way doesn't just come down to what you respond with by words it comes down to a lot of how your subcommunications change or rather don't change because she's going to throw a ton of pressure on you shit test the like you like crazy and when you don't budge when your body language doesn't change you don't fidget you don't you know um your eye contact doesn't waver your tonality doesn't change you don't seek rapport by uh, changing your tonality um, to a lower status one those things will immediately be truly they'll tell a bigger picture as to whether a guy is truly confident and truly that alpha guy or not this is why what jason teaches works a lot you know the status sub communications immediately tells it whether a guy's a high status guy and if he's truly that guy or not and it right. doesn't involve money it doesn't involve um although money can help uh, but it doesn't involve money it involves everything within you as a person right um yeah but uh i think that's why girls rely a lot on the context right not necessarily the content um we yeah. keep repeating that <laughs> yeah, in yeah. case you folks don't know that's what we're trying to get across it's, yeah 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 and it's so interesting how your relationship yep. with your ex-girlfriend uh it went to so many places <laughs> yeah it was all over the place man <laughs> all over but the I, place, I made sure yeah. this time to do things correctly because i was like there's no way in hell i'm putting myself through what i went through in high school with that one other girl again that is true yeah that is so. true that kind of suffering was to never be met again uh, yeah that's yeah. for sure you've definitely had more of a uh exciting romantic uh life than i have <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean yeah. you know about my first relationship where yeah. that ended up pretty badly and that's where yeah. i discovered the rational male my second relationship yeah. turned into a long distance relationship right uh, and then that pretty much broke off um right she still she still texts me every now and then but yeah <clears throat> i'm not too responsive right uh because she's in the east coast so there's there's no hope on right establishing that relationship again uh yeah what yeah. else i mean i never had uh much of a sexual experience in respect to mm. my exes as much as you did uh, yeah, <clears throat> because you were much more closer <clears throat> to to your ex than than I was to mine, right? Um, but yeah, overall, I mean, I've never been that. Uh, I guess what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, active, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, um, right. In my past relationships, definitely. Uh, what else? Sound kind of boring to to the folks right now. <laughs> what <laughs> no, does this dude, guy really hard. do? <laughs> what does he do with his free time? Um, yeah, I don't do much, to be honest. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, right now I'm just living up here in my own apartment, doing my own thing. And, yeah. um, you know, I do struggle every now and then when it comes to intimacy. It's mm. like, um, you know, feeling lonely at times and, you know, uh, right. what, what would it really be like if I had a girlfriend, uh, that was like, yeah. really serious. And <laughs> I don't know. There are times where I like, don't really think it's a good idea because I feel mm. like it's going to be more pain than pleasure. You know what I mean? Right, right. So there's always that um, idea in the back yeah. of my mind. Yeah, no, and I, I can agree with you to a certain extent. There is a certain amount of pain that will be involved. Um, that's why I remember, like, one of the things that I uh, I mentioned earlier was, like, you have to be very stoic when it comes to um, these types of situations. Um, one thing that I can say is if you're focusing, if you're, if you're really – intently focusing on what you're trying to build for your life i would say at the current moment i would focus on that and that's exactly what i'm doing right now um right we're still developing we're still sort of focus yeah yeah to to commit to anything exclusive right now would be um i don't want to say wrong but it would be tougher to handle especially if you plan on trying to do something that's going to take up a lot of time in your career and your you know, you're trying to, again, like you're trying to do things that are bigger. They're going to involve a lot more of your time and effort into. Um, you're not going to, uh, it's not going to be satisfying at times because the girl very well might feel that you're not spending enough time with her, right? And I guess that could be uh, construed two ways. It depends on where that balance lies because on one end, it could be, you know, you're spending too much time with her. On the other end, it's you're spending too little time with her um, to the point where it's like you're focused so much on your work, you just you don't have any time at all, which long-term relationships have a little bit of uh, effort involved in them. They do. So, they honestly do. Yeah. It's very straining. It's very – it's high maintenance at times. Um, yeah. Not to say that's a bad thing. I mean, maintenance could be a good thing. It's just right. how serious are you in respect to the relationship and how far are you willing to go? Um, exactly. Yeah, and that question is never answered. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Most of the time, it's very indirect. Yeah. It's very uh, subcommunication, like in respect to the relationship going forward. Um, right. So that becomes very difficult, and I think most of the time, that's what really scares me off uh, in respect to getting into a serious relationship because that subcommunication yeah. is going to require a lot of attention and a lot of maintenance. Yeah. So. Even that alone is going to be uh, somewhat exhausting. Yeah. I would say if you can handle it. Um, right. If you're built for it or if you've prepared for it or if you. Y yeah, exactly. Exactly. 100%. I, there was a funny enough. I keep bringing it back to Jason because, you know, he just has advice all over the place on this stuff. But um, there was one video he made uh, called Should I Get a Girlfriend? Um, and that was seriously one of the best videos i'll even send it to you after it's like a 10 minute video but it's so so good oh my god that like literally it clarified so much for me it i was like you know what this is this is true and i can feel it and i can i i get why it's correct there's a logic behind it um at least from my perspective and the way that i saw it was the idea basically um and i'm not i can't i don't remember exactly what was said in the video but i remember a couple things here and there one thing was that 
you want to build the foundation for what you're trying to build and what the, the life that you want first. And then, you know, while you're doing that, if you want to date around, spin plates essentially, you can do so. Uh, just make sure not to give up too much time uh, for uh, girls when it comes to girls. You know, like you want to make your priority, your purpose in your career uh, or whatever you're trying to build here. Then when you're done with that, um, all you've been through the dating game to a certain extent. You understand you didn't get too serious with any of the girls, but you understand what your preference is in girls. Like, you know, the differences between girls. Like, when you when you actually start to date multiple girls, you'll start to see the differences between them. Uh, certain girls can hold better conversation conversations than other girls. Certain girls are you know, just better in certain other ways, right? You'll figure out what type of girl you want. Um, at which point you can continue dating, and if the right girl, the right girl, what I right mean girl. by that is the soulmate, um, not the soulmate. That's not that's not at all. What I mean. <laughs> but if if a girl that you like comes along, that you can see yourself in a long term relationship and likes you back, um, then and if the foundation stones are sort of there uh, for whatever you're trying to build and whatever, and you can handle all this. And you understand all this knowledge, which most guys don't have, right? Like, um, uh, game about game and like how to properly, you know, uh, I guess, uh, uh, game, you know, in a relationship or in a in just the dating uh, setting, then go for it, you know. Um, but yeah, no, that video. I'll send you the video. It was such a good video. Wow. Oh yeah. I remember thinking that at the time. I'm like, this clarified some stuff for me. So. Yeah, uh, I looked at your video right now. I couldn't see, I couldn't read anything from that, to be honest. <laughs> it was too okay. short, and it was hard to really uh, get a feel of what they were thinking. Yeah, see, that, that exactly. Like, I don't get how she figured it out. Like, she's just like, I just knew, I just knew. And I'm like, how? She's just like, I don't know. I'm just like really good at this thing. And I was like, what? Really? Okay. <laughs> this girl really is good. <laughs> Um, but, uh, there's a couple other things I forgot what she did, but very similar things where she just picked up on stuff very, very quickly and effectively. Um, she's always been sort of a very emotional person, a very like, like more on the very much more so on the feminine side. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I would say that, you know, she, she's more on the artistic side as well. And I would, I would argue that people who are very artistic are more emotional and she was very emotional like very emotional um so i think when you're very emotional you're also very empathetic because you're tied to your emotions yeah you understand you know how other people feel very easily without even um without even like oh here's another thing yeah so that she picked up on nick and uh his girlfriend they broke up and he didn't advertise this but she asked me She's like, did they break up? I'm like, yes, how do you know? She's like, I can just tell. Like, Celine's been, Celine started posting pictures of, like, how happy she is and things like that. And I thought for a second that, (laughs) oh, shit, my bad. (laughs) Uh, Um, Erase that. (laughs) But anyways. Uh, Yeah. I mean, at that time, I would call bullshit because I don't think anyone's that smart and respectful. Yeah, I was just. I was just like, how? She's like, yeah, when a girl, you know, consistently posts about how happy she is and, you know, things like that, like, it beca- it's like, it's, you can tell, you know. Uh, 
and then she also saw the video that I posted, and she was like, "Yeah, I can tell." I'm like, "Okay, whatever. I don't know if how the hell you can <laughs> <Whatever>. tell, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's kind of scary, isn't it?" Yeah. Um, yeah. Nick and I uh, were saying his name often. Um, yeah. <laughs> we had a little conversation when you guys were test driving the Tesla. Yeah. Uh, so we were out walking around the mall and just chatting here and there, and. Yeah. Uh, he was talking about his ex-girlfriend, how they were having some uh, some tension between them and how they had like a um, a disagreement the night before and he didn't really get much sleep. Uh, that's why he was yeah. late or something to the, pod, uh, to the podcast. Uh, yes. Yeah. Um, I definitely got that vibe when I was talking to him. But if it were me viewing a conversation between those two, uh, Nick and his ex-girlfriend, I wouldn't yeah. be able to figure anything out. <laughs> yeah it's it's uh it's tough stuff i feel like i mean i feel like uh i can do it decently well because i've studied it from jason a lot like i kind of know about it but uh some of it's just intuition also you know like i i can't say my intuition is just being born like that crazy you know oh yeah yeah but yeah I, I guess it is yeah. inter- intuition. That's really for someone who's very emotional, like your ex girlfriend. Uh, they develop that yeah. skill in respect to also detecting a lot of emotions outside of their own selves. Yeah, that does make sense. Uh-huh. It really does. Uh, yeah, I mean, hopefully things don't get really tense right now because since you guys are communicating again and apparently seeing each other. Uh, yeah, this yeah we've been communicating it's just this is the first time we've seen each other since i haven't seen her like in person in a bit like uh, since like last november i think so it's been like six months now or five months or so um if i'm not incorrect on that oh yeah yeah but it, since then it's just been conversations but this time she actually asked to hang out sounds like it yeah yeah so that's a whole nother uh tense situation to talk about because we used to talk about that often uh yeah how that was whole uh going back and forth and everything but yeah um yeah i guess that's everything in respect to your personal affairs <laughs> yeah basically i yeah. said i wouldn't talk about it and i ended up talking, about, ended up it talking about it anyways yeah <laughs> you <laughs> lied to yourself uh, I'll make sure she doesn't watch this one. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you do, don't watch this it. episode. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> oh, God. Sure thing, Parth. Yeah. It's so so much tension nowadays. I think what I do to avoid all that tension, to be honest, is to really take myself out of the equation. So, right. you, you know me. I don't really practice game. Uh, I don't study it as much as you do. Yeah. And I'm not as social as you do. Mm. You do. Um as you are <laughs> as you are pretty much because you know um being the way i am I'm really trying to develop this kind of disciplined uh mindset because mm. i know i'm going to need it in the future when i'm older uh right. so right now i'm really i'm really sacrificing a lot in respect to you know uh possibly uh having an intimate relationship with another girl, uh, being not being as social as I could be. Uh, right. And 
in order to keep myself focused, I'm working out a lot more. Um, I'm really cutting down on impulses. I'm really cutting down on a lot of uh, uh, like unhealthy habits. So no more right. junk food, uh, limiting the alcohol, eating better. Uh, right. What else? We get up in the morning, working out, even if it's during a weekday. Um, what else? Uh, yeah. What comes to my mind is, remember when we were talking about the nope fat movement? Yes. How you did like two months or something like that? Uh, yeah, two and a half. When was that? This was last, not last December, the December before that. So this was uh, December, like actually December is when I ended. So I started October of 2000, today's, this is 2019, so 2017, October 2017. Okay. Um, I started at the beginning of the month and I ended on like December like 21st or 23rd or something like that. Um. Okay. Yeah. Any reason why yeah. you just decided not to go with it anymore? It was becoming too much of a hassle. I just felt like I just felt like there was, I don't know, like there was no like particular reason. I just felt like, you know, really I I heard oh oh yeah, it wasn't worth it. And I also saw this uh, video on how the benefits of like j- semen retention. Have you heard of? That's the whole idea is like re- retaining your semen, right? Right. Kind of like a build up um, your power kind of thing. Yeah, your testosterone. It, right. Right. Exactly. That sort of thing. And so. I started doing more and more research on it. Some of the greats like Muhammad Ali um, or, you know, some other people have actually done this where before, like six weeks before a fight, Muhammad Ali will not masturbate at all or have sex at all. They'll right. just hold it in for six weeks. Um, so uh, apparently, you know, it just it, it makes you more aggressive. Now, there's been studies done. There's only been a couple studies done on this, like actually proving it. testosterone actually uh increases on the seventh day every seventh day after you okay so let's say um you go seven days without masturbating right on the seventh day your testosterone goes up uh by 45 percent which is so at from baseline it's at 145 percent um so your testosterone is at 145 percent on day seven for one day and then it drops back down to normal um, until about week three. Week three is where you see an even bigger jump, a slightly bigger jump. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you go on too long after that, testosterone actually drops. Oh, it does? Um, yeah, because you're was holding it in too long. Yeah, these, these were studies done. Now, mm-hmm. I mean, there, I think there, were, there, was like, there was like one or two studies on it. So I can't necessarily say that that's like, definitive, like a definitive conclusion. Okay. But I can tell you from experience – after a certain amount remember i told you after like week like two to three weeks like it just became oh, normal it? or it became normal it, okay it goes back it became to baseline. normal I, I wouldn't say it went down to baseline i would actually say my testosterone probably dropped for a while oh yeah because remember how i told you it was very difficult for the first two to three weeks it's because your sex drive automatically goes up like crazy when you don't uh masturbate when you hold it in for you'll notice it on like day three or four um mm. it goes up like crazy and you start to notice that and you can't control it's hard to control um for let's say like the coming two three weeks okay 
after that it becomes normal it's like okay it's not as bad it's still kind of there but it's not as difficult as it was before and i think that's when my testosterone actually kind of even plummeted a little bit or not plummeted but like took a drop plummeted sounds so bad i don't think it went down that much but Uh um (laughs) to the point where it became much easier for me to contain and control now i don't necessarily think that that was a good thing you know i think after two to three weeks you should release like i don't think uh there's too much of a benefit in going that long unless you just want to give up on sex altogether because what i've heard and based on what the study found was that your body thinks that you just can't like you can't function (laughs) sexually so it gives up like it starts to slowly give up um oh really that was a study like your body just gives up on producing testosterone I, I think I don't know about it gives up. I don't quote me on that, but like okay. that that was the idea behind what they that found. That was the idea. Okay. Um, they hypothesized that that's what the 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 reasoning for your testosterone plummeting was or, or dropping was, but over the uh, next over like the first um, few weeks, it goes up a little bit because uh, it's it's trying to get you to. Uh, basically spread the seed, right? Like you need to have sex to like move your genes onto the net. Survival and reproduction, like going right. back to basic Darwinism, right? Um, so your body goes into survival mode more so and it's like, okay, we gotta like turn this guy into a more attractive guy. Up the testosterone levels, let's go. Pronto, you know? That's <laughs> how so it's like. Right. And it uses the semen, I think, and some of the, so, so zinc is a very key mineral in the production of testosterone. They say you have to have five milligrams typically per day. You should try to get it in certain foods like meat and shellfish and stuff. And if you don't, like like supplement with it, you know, yeah. um, and because it will help to maintain your testosterone levels. Um, your testosterone is produced in the testicles. Um, so really? Uh, z- yeah, that's where it is. Um, mm-hmm. So guys who are castrated, typically their testosterone production stops, okay. which is terrible. <laughs> yeah. But anyways. Point being, uh, it's produced in the testes, uh, which is why, te- you know, like testes, testosterone. It's why it's like the, you You're know, blowing the my mind right word. now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, it's produced in the testes, but, you know, zinc is a, is a key ingredient to that. And semen actually contains zinc. So what they say is that if you hold it in, um, if for a certain amount of time, like your body actually absorbs some of that zinc and uses it for testosterone production. But... I don't know if that's 100% true. That's just what some someone I heard online say. So I can't okay. necessarily say that's true. I think but it depends it on true. the individual, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the amount of testosterone production. Maybe even genetics plays a role in it. But um, Possibly. Yeah. I, w- I was thinking lately, maybe I should actually take Go on for it and try it. that massive challenge. I would try it. Yeah. But, but I would go in with... Go in mentally preparing for it a little bit and also uh, find videos online like on YouTube that will um, that will help you that that will not help you that will uh, what's it called on YouTube there's videos that will uh, talk about the benefits of it oh yeah and and like the sort of the science behind it and if you watch those um, you'll be more motivated to actually go through with it. And during those times when it's like you just want to give up and you want to relapse, that's what they call it, relapse. Yeah. When you um, uh, go back to day zero, basically, um, is uh, I would go back to those videos and watch them because I've had to I had to do that when I was doing it. 
I was like, okay, dude, I got to seriously, and I, I marked it for myself. I was like, I'm going to do this for at least, uh, like, I don't know. I don't know what mark I set for myself, but I definitely achieved it. Um, and I went even a little bit beyond that. Uh-huh. So, uh, but uh, it, that was actually around the time I started taking cold showers also, and I tried that out. Oh, yeah. That was a whole other experience, which we can talk about later. But um, <laughs> I just wanted to like try something new. I just wanted to like push my, I guess, push my limits to in certain areas to see what would happen. You know, take on challenges. Um, and I think it, it's fun in a certain sense, right? Like, I'll tell you this: your dopamine receptors will be back to normal after like a good amount of time. Right. Um, I talked to Nick about this too, actually. Nick has done it for about like 20-something days. Um, so not two and a half months, but like still, he he just, um, I guess he, he also felt like it was like a reuptake in the dopamine receptors, which is good, you know? Like it, it reestablishes your reward system, which is what dopamine is, right? Right. Um, and you feel, you feel different. Like you feel more alive, which is weird to say. It helps with social social anxiety, apparently, from what a lot of people say. Uh-huh. I didn't see too much of a difference, to be honest, only because I feel like I don't yeah, really have a problem with that. You don't really have a problem with that, yeah. Yeah, but from what I hear, a lot of people who try it out, who you know had those kind of problems, they they found that their social skills like randomly just went up because they can they started having more conversations with people. I don't know why that is. Maybe oh, speaking uh, of which, one quick thing. Um, yeah. What I found out in uh, a video was uh, the guy who I model myself, uh, my videos after, uh, the bodybuilder guy. There was a video on testosterone production that he, you know, uh, made. And he was talking about how masturbation is actually regulated by serotonin, not testosterone. So testosterone may not necessarily dip too much or be affected way too much. But serotonin might. So serotonin actually regulates how your mood, your how you feel, um, your happiness, you know, your that sort of thing. And serotonin is also what regulates your how you feel about where you belong on the social status hierarchy. So if you, um, so what they say is, you know, you start to feel more social and you don't, you don't even know where the hell it's coming from. It might be because of serotonin reuptake, like your your serotonin levels are becoming normalized again, or maybe higher. Who knows? I'm just theorizing here. Yeah, uh, don't know, but I think there isn't as many studies produced in this kind of field, and that's kind of a bad thing. Uh, yeah, because the real question is, does this nofap thing really work for everybody? It's it, it's based so far what I've. Uh, that's that was my problem with it to begin with to be honest um yeah. <laughs> uh, but so there's only a couple studies on the actual testosterone production portion of it um but for the most part everything else is uh, anecdotal it's very like it's very anecdotal it's like it's uh like hey you know i experienced this when i went through it or i experienced oh, this one very... there's a whole forum yeah very subjective yeah it works for me so it works for you it's like well who really knows and yeah i think logically it would be like well this idea of of relapsing it's a shameful thing right so it's a bad thing yeah i know every religion out there preaches that but thinking about it logically you know personally is it really a bad thing 
who knows i I wouldn't i wouldn't say it's too bad of a thing i think it depends right um if it's too much right like yeah it's if it it starts replacing that amount of a uh human connection in in your real life world uh yeah so i think that's when it becomes a bad thing but when it's moderated like you said then it becomes a good thing uh yeah i think it's it's totally fine when in when in moderation but if you want to take on the nofap challenge i would say go for it it's an experience to have right yeah that's what i hear um um i I mean i per yeah go on it was just for me it's not like like i'm in desperate need to like to be fixed or to change it's just like right you know a moderate level um it doesn't really affect my life as much as um actually not at all to be honest uh right i think when it comes to uh a lot of guys they feel like they need this type of relief you know what i mean um yeah because you know they're going through a lot of shit they're going through a lot of stress and you know sexual opportunities is very scarce nowadays uh for a lot of young guys so yeah and in order to i guess trick your body in a way yeah to think that you are getting a biological need you would actually uh-huh. uh let's see trick the body you know what i mean yeah so you're getting that biological need but is that i guess we could talk about this in one of our academy episodes <laughs> yeah no that would be interesting yeah that would be interesting yeah um i mean yeah doing some research on it and figuring out what exactly is is the root behind all of this uh definitely but yeah i guess nowadays you just don't really care uh yeah i mean i had the experience once i think i'm okay now now it's just like you know i i i definitely um try not to like get caught up in pornography you know right it's not something that i like i'm like you know like oh man you know it's like it's (laughs) not a good thing dude not a good thing (laughs) gotta have pornography you know well i think the ideal situation for any guy is to have okay um if i need to you know have sex then i can just go to an intimate uh a girl that i'm i'm actually seeing right so i can actually be in a relationship and actually you know feel that validation and feel that pleasure but for a lot of guys that's not the case right and yeah. you know for us right now that's not the case yeah so um the ideal situation is to have like uh, a deep personal relationship with another girl um mm-hmm. and i think a lot of guys who are in like the hookup culture nowadays uh they satisfy that need by just hooking up right yeah uh and those yeah. are a lot of the alpha guys right so they have that sexual opportunity they have that they have that sexual uh uh supply essentially right so they don't really need to worry about like oh is what i'm doing bad like am i going to pornography just for for my own sake or something like that is it really affecting my 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 dopamine levels in my brain um (laughs) yeah so they don't have that kind of those kind of questions uh Mm -hmm. so yeah i think the 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 goal is to actually uh have sex (laughs) Is that really? I would say so. Is that Maybe. the angle for I a mean, lot of guys? It depends. I think for well, a lot of guys, it is. Yeah. For a lot of guys, it's kind of that's kind of the norm. Is it necessary? Who knows? 
yeah, I wouldn't even say it's necessary to be honest. Unless, I mean, if you don't want to have kids, then there's really no point. <laughs> I, mean, well, I mean, no, no, no. Hold on, hold on. That's me, different. I, yeah. That's that came out wrong. That came out wrong. Hold on, one second. <laughs> <laughs> what I meant is this. Okay. Um, it, you don't need to unless you want to have kids. If you want to, that's a different thing altogether because obviously sex sex is very pleasurable. I mean, but that is a short term pleasure as well. Now, unless you're be unless you have a consistent supply, you know, at right. which point I can tell you it's very it, uh, that's the ideal situation. Quite honestly, it is. <laughs> I'm just telling you based on experience, like from when right. I was in my relationship, like it is 100 percent like it is satisfying. Well, let's get into that a little bit. Do you think that sure. sex is really necessary in your personal, um, I guess, life? I, I, I guess again, like I wouldn't say necessary um, for me to function. Obviously, like I haven't, I haven't had sex in a bit, right? Right. But um, you know, I don't think it's necessary. That's why another reason why I'm not pursuing a long-term relationship as of right now, right? Um, but I would like to have it. It's not, but it's like it's. I don't look at that as like a priority. You know, it's there, and I would love to, right? Oh, but don't. if I'm honest with myself, you know, it's it's not a number one priority. Um, it's like, but when, I don't know, but when, yeah. but when guys do masturbate and when they do release or have, have mm. just, you know, going at it, don't they think, don't they deep down inside wish that they were actually having sex with another woman? <laughs> oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah. Absolutely. But the, now the problem becomes like, well, well, a lot of guys maybe don't have game, right? Like that's one thing. Um, okay. Then something needs to change, right? I would 100% would tell. Yeah, I would say that. Yeah, game. That's learn game. <laughs> now, you can get an overnight lay, but to and Jason even talks about this in that one video I was going to tell you about, the should I get a girlfriend? Um uh, does he talk about it in that video? I don't remember. But uh the idea was that you take to, to invest. Okay, you can date multiple girls and go around and spin plates, but it takes effort and time. That's one thing you have to take into consideration. It takes a good amount of effort and time to, um, like, to get multiple, you know, sat. Like, okay, how how often do you have to be sexually satisfied? That like, is the real question. Be, yeah, I think that's the ultimate right? question. It's like, do you really need to be sexually satisfied? Uh, is that kind of like a uh, like a habit you can't go without, or something like that? Like, is your brain so? connected to that right. dopamine rush that it needs it often um right so i would say something like um it's like how if you need to be satisfied like every day you need to find a girl every day you might as well just be get into a relationship every day <laughs> i mean uh, i mean i mean and you have, i mean you have to be like definitely a like you have to know how to turn your girlfriend on obviously like you have to know a little bit of game to yeah get her to do it with you every night <laughs> or something like that but if if your sexual needs are um not if you have to have it satisfied very frequently right. and you don't want a girlfriend you need to it's going to be a lot of time and effort going out to bars and clubs and whatever and picking up girls and then having to bring them home and spend the night with them right it's and then there's the morning after some girls will will just leave some girls will you know you'll have conversations with i remember one time i um uh, i brought this one girl but this is back when i was at ucla 
Yeah. Um, uh, we had pillow talk the next morning for like three hours. Um, and I needed to get stuff done, but I like I genuinely enjoyed the conversation I was having with her. Yeah. So I just kept talking. I just I was like, okay, this is nice, you know. But that's a waste of time and effort, right? If you're again like going back to the whole like if you're trying to build something or if you're trying to set your career, then find other ways to satisfy your sexual pleasure in the meantime, right? Like it could be masturbation, right? Like I don't think that's a bad thing as long as it's not excessive. Okay. Um, every now and then, like just you know, hey, you gotta go, you gotta go, you fucking release, that's it. Yep. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> like, like going to the restroom. Gotta fucking, yeah, it's yeah, it's like yeah, it's like going <laughs> to the restroom, man. Like you can't help it, you're a dude, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say like going back to the original question. I don't think it's necessary for me um, to have like sex all the time. But Personally, I would yeah. like it. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, just, I would it's, like it. Yeah, it would, it's, it would be Male great. Male imperative. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, and so the – yeah, no, just it would be nice. But then there's also like relationship issues that you would have to deal with also, and that takes up time and effort. Um, but uh, beyond that, I would say – I mean, if you really need it satisfied, like you can do a combination of the two, like pick up girls sometimes and just masturbate the other few times. But even then, it's like, you know, how much of each is gonna is each is it gonna be? And yeah, that's while true. you're doing that, how are you gonna regulate that? How exactly, are you really because ask yourself what you really need. Yeah, and also like when you pick up girls and you actually have sex with them, like it feels so much better than masturbating. And so you're going to be like, ah, oh, fuck it. I'll just go out tonight and get a girl. And that's like you not being disciplined on your work, you know, and the things that you need to get done. So I think it's a balance of, of finding out, you know, what you you personally, what, what, what works best, what works best and what works well for you right. personally. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, In my regards, yeah. it's, it's kind of different. <laughs> okay. Because yeah. I have a dream that. I will not really need it. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Being completely abstinent. Um, okay. So that's that's my goal, to be honest. Um, right. Where it's not become so overwhelming in respect to, like, oh, I need to get a girl or, or, or I need to, like, you know, just let it out or something like that. I mean, right, right. I definitely feel a lot more uh, alive when it's been, like, a yeah. few weeks. Um Hundred percent. Yeah. But then you know, like you said, like it gets really hard and it gets really, really difficult uh, when the testosterone increases, you know, twofold. Um, yeah. After that time. Yeah. But um, I believe it's possible that you can just, um, like, throughout your life, you can go through uh, your younger years developing, developing like, uh, you know, watching pornography or having a couple of girlfriends or, uh, yeah, you know, just. You know, letting it go every now and then, just not caring about it, being very moderate, to yeah. just completely changing overall. Yeah. And uh, honestly, that's my goal, to be honest, to be yeah. perfectly disciplined and to be very stoic in that regard. Uh, yeah. And the reason being, because um, I'm going to freaking need it. <laughs> I'm going to need <laughs> yeah. that kind of discipline in the future because the future for me is going to be very uh, demanding right so i'm gonna be an engineer and i'm gonna be uh the as physically fit as i can be to be honest because i'm gonna continue this kind of workout schedule even when i come back uh and visit for the summer right Uh, 
So, just to let you know, yeah, that is my goal. But you're, yeah. you, you decided to, like, um, not really care. Like, if a girlfriend comes every now and then, then a girlfriend comes. Uh, yeah, for me, it's like, hey, if I can hook up with a girl every now and then, cool. If not, then whatever. I, I don't need it right now, you know. I can, I can go along, like, uh, uh, you know, every, you know, few days just, you know, handling it myself, that sort of thing. Right. I don't have to like I don't have to have a girl doing that, you know. Um it would be nice, but again, like uh not something that I I would much rather not have the sex and be so much more satisfied like with what I'm pursuing career-wise and what I'm pursuing with my life and be completely like focused uh, on your passion 100%. Yeah there there's a state called flow and that flow state doesn't really come very easily at times and i know when i'm by myself and i'm doing work i get into that flow state every now and then you know and i'm just working and it feels like almost euphoric um again like i'm not saying i don't want a girl friend um but not for at least maybe a year or two or who knows and my it might even change after maybe a year or two i might even wait another two years it depends on how my career goes where it's going what i'm doing with my life right um nothing is really set in stone per se for me but um for at least the next year for sure i'm not um going to look for an actual long-term relationship oh yeah yeah because then even then when i do get into the game it's going to be spinning plates for a while just to see, you know, what options I have and what, uh, what, which girls out of those options that I really like, well, and which one it turns out well with. I think your idea now, or your game plan, is to actually develop some kind of career now where you can actually put work into, and then feel the rewards after. But mm. I think your game plan is to actually build an image for yourself online through all of this, uh, all these projects that you're doing. Mm. Eventually, move out get your own place mm. and then become a, a truly independent individual where not only do you have this influence online and you mm. have this audience that listens to you and you have some type of, uh, uh, you know, social influence in the world. Right. Um, mm-hmm. you also be independent, right? So 100%. I think that's the time where you actually shine and that's where you'll actually decide, okay, what do I really need? Um, exactly exactly but i can't get to that point unless i'm like really focused and in, in, into this you know what i mean um yeah put in the work and, now yeah kind of thing. yeah yeah sort of put in the work now but i'm i mean it's not like i won't put in the work later it's just i think it's like starting off anything entrepreneurially is a little yeah. bit yeah it's tough right and to get it off the ground it's it a is a lot tough. of learning that you have to do and you know it's probably the most toughest so. thing to be honest when you're developing through that kind of stage uh, yeah. Just setting everything up in general, it's mm-hmm. it's gonna be extremely difficult. It's, it's a real struggle. Uh, you know, I yeah. guess that's what's part of being a man. <laughs> yeah, tell me about it, man. Yep. Damn. All right. How long have we gone on for? Oh man, three hours and twenty-two minutes. Three hours and twenty. Yeah. All right. <laughs> that's longest the longest one, yet. one we've done. Yep. 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 Yeah. Well, if you want to keep talking, it's up to you. I mean, I I should head to bed, dude. I gotta I gotta get up for a workout 
tomorrow morning and I did a workout today and I'm, this one was a tough one today. I actually had energy, like a good amount of energy for today, for today's workout and I can already feel the soreness and I should get like a good amount of rest tonight. Sounds good. Okay. Uh, I'll go ahead and upload this to the drive, but I guess for now we're done. <laughs> Alrighty. If you're still listening, <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Three hours. That's a three hours and 22 minutes. Long one. Yeah. Maybe in the future we can top that. <laughs> we probably can. We probably, probably. can. Yeah. yeah. Well, all right. Thanks for listening, everybody. All right. See ya. Bye-bye.